This is the Red Balloon episode 99 of Coco Talk Live, the world's leading live talk show. And cue intro in three, two, Nick Marota. Hi, this is Dale Lear, designer of TRS 80 Color Baseball, and you're listening to Coco Talk. <laughs> is Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. With your host, Mr. Can't Get Past Level 1 in Any Game, Stevie Stroh. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Coco Talk. We are live. It is a Saturday night. Do you know where your color computers are? Hopefully they are somewhere safe and being well cared for. We're live. We are on the air. We have got a panel of people who, for whatever reason, keep showing up every single Saturday. So thank you, and I'm sorry. (laughs) What is wrong with us? So we have in the bottom right-hand corner on the bottom of the earth, the thunder from down under, Mr. Nicholas Morentes. Good day, Nick. Good day, everyone. Yep. (laughs) How's things? Nice and cold up there? Not in Florida. Nice and warm. Here. <laughs> so, I had to I had to kick the sheet off the other night because it was getting a little toasty under it. <laughs> we have from O Canada in the Great White North, Mr. D. Bruce Moore is with us. How's it going, eh? Oh, and Jacob, Bruce doing and good. Jacob. How's yeah. it going, bo- both of yous? Good. Good. Well, welcome. Good to see you again, Jacob. Yeah, thanks. You breaking any more records on Coco Games? Working on it. Not there yet. Okay. Well, we look which, forward which to that. What are you working on now? Uh, I've been working on Dungeon Crawler. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. You liking it? Yeah, it's a pretty good game. Cool, cool. Well, we're glad to hear that. Uh, we also have with us the celebrity booking agent, the uh, the interface to the celebrity world, the guy who has lunch and rubs elbows with with celebrities. You know who I'm talking about. The Timberman himself, Ron Devil. Hi, Hello, everybody. Ronnie. How you doing? Still, Pretty good. S- still getting over your sniffle a little bit there? Yeah, I'm good. We're 63 degrees here. It's been warmer. It's a little cool today, but yeah, we're supposed to get a little rain soon and then 70s, 75s. Wow, 63 in, 63 in Arizona. That's, yeah, uh, we're doing good. All right. We have the guy who gets stuff like too often now. He's almost a guy. I, I almost want to say, I don't like you anymore. <laughs> You're getting too many things. But this guy gets some cool stuff, and we're going to see some more show and tell from him tonight. Brian Weasler is with us. Good evening, Brian. Good evening, all. Welcome to the program. Thanks for being here again. We have Welcome. legendary game designer and an all around awesome guy. Mr. Rick Adams is with us. Hello, Rick. Hello there. Okay. We'll put you under the table with you. I'm cable the big 97 music heaven. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're too kind. 
You are too kind, and thank you, yes. From O Canada, lovely Curtis Boyle's back with us. Hello, Curtis. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being here. We have from the uh, Ohio, no, well, the Chicago area, right? You're in Chicago, Brian? Brian the Music Man? Yep. Chicago-ish area from the Glenside Color Computer Club. The Mute. Got his own theme music. Yes, he does. Star straight. That's right. It's too bad it gets clipped a lot from the microphone or the noise canceling or whatever it is. But yeah, we're here now. But Brian, the music man, Shoebring is with us. Welcome, Brian. Thanks for joining us and getting that lovely haircut. And last but certainly not least, I called him at least three times last week that I can recall. I called you Mark Bosley a few times last week, but um, it is Mark Bosley. Mark Bosley is with us this evening. Hello, Mark. Hi, how you doing? Good. Lovely shirt there. And uh, <laughs> once again, Ron and... and we're uh, twinsies. We're, twinsies. We're negatives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ron Delvo and Mark, uh, Mark Bosley have the negative of each other's shirts, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yang and yang. Oh, it'll be order that way. Well, okay, what did Nick Marotta says? I kept refreshing YouTube on Roku until I saw the link to the live stream. What does that say about me? Oh, wow. So, I mean, and that means you were like waiting? I don't know, right? Well, thank you. And Nick Marotta's here. Ken Reichert had asked earlier before the show started uh, in the live chat. We found a handful of people hanging out anxiously waiting for the program to begin. So one of the first people that chimed in was... Uh, well, Mark B before because he couldn't get on Zoom. <laughs> and then we had Joe Burnett in there saying, woohoo, good evening. That was at the 15-minute mark. Uh, Ken Reichert was asking about 10 minutes before the show started, is Nick Marotta going to be here? And because it's episode 99, um, uh, Ken was also asking, are we going to have red balloons here, right? But Nick's here. Welcome, Nick. And then uh, Scott. Scott Carter just joined us on Facebook, too. Hey, Scott. Um, did anybody share out the Facebook stream to the Coco group? Did I have a chance to do that yet? Oh, thank you. Yeah. There we go. All right. So, Nick Marotta is here. Tom C. just joined us from Joyzy. Right, we're here. It's another week. So, we're going to play that game we play. We're going to say, hey, uh, what, what was new in your world this week? Mike Craig just joined us on Facebook. Uh, Mike Craig says, I'm wearing the same shirt as Ron Delvo right now. LOL. All right, Ron. There you go. So, very cool. So, Mark Bosley, have you done anything cool this week? Learned anything? Obtained anything? Anything you want to share or show and tell with us this week? Uh, no. Um, I just grabbed this because it matches the shirt. But uh, this is my first uh, color computer that uh, I bought uh New back in uh, what eighty five or something like that eighty six. It's a Coco two, or as it's also known as the uh, Coco Du. Le Coco Du. Le <laughs> Coco Du. It, strangely, it's getting yellow being in the box. I'm not sure what that's about. Huh. Hey, David O'Connor has joined us again. Welcome back, David. Excellent, uh, Brian. Anything new and exciting with you this week? You want to share with the world? Uh, yeah, I got a few things here. Um, well, well, I guess I, I should have specified which Brian. Oh, Brian yeah. <laughs> we got two Brian's. <laughs> All right. So, Brian, the music man, anything new and exciting with you this week? I got my Boomerang 2 2 meg uh, shipped and installed. So, I'm cranking. All right. Two megabytes of memory. Who needs more than that? All right. 
You got memory to spare. That's excellent. Uh, L. Curtis Boyle, anything new and exciting with you this week? Nope. All right, short and sweet. Rick Adams? Other than snow and ice and other frozen things in the... Yep, nothing. Oh, and we're watching the snow come down, yeah. There you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I installed a new UPS today, but, you know, you don't need to hear about that. Ah, very nice. it doesn't run on a cocoa, so... Uh, here we go. William Carlin says, hey, fellas, lurking and listening while playing Resident Evil 2 Remake. There we go. Mike Craig is here. Tim Franklin's here. What's going on, guys? Welcome, welcome, welcome. We know Brian Weezer does, so we'll save Brian for last. He'll be our, our show and tell segment. Round Delvo, have you posted anything on Facebook this week by any chance? Once, once, only once. Once, only once. <laughs> uh, I try and keep it low and down to just once. Uh, under I admire protest. your restraint. It may be... Um, Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you done any further work on the new rainbow? Any new yes, submissions? I have. I, you have. I'm slowly moving along. Yep. Okay. I'm, I'm getting some ads put together, and um, you know, arranging the thing. I'm putting in placards where things are going to go. Okay. It's a tedious job. Somebody okay. has to do it, and guess who? <laughs> who are you gonna call timberman yep I'm all right nah, excellent 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 coming along all right very cool nick morentes uh did i see a new blog post or is that just a uh yeah yeah i put up another blog post um nothing really to show i mean i, I have done a fair bit but um uh, one of the main things i mentioned on that blog is that i'm trying i'm going to start um uh what do you call that do a non-disclosure, yeah. I'm, I'm not show so much of what it is because I'm getting to the point where there's a lot of the uh, graphics and stuff in Gunstar now. It's sort of the things I want people to discover when they play right. the game. So no spoilers. So it, it just yeah. If I show too much, it'll just spoil it for those for for those people playing. So. I can still talk about it, but I'm not showing as much. No, no, so, that makes sense. That makes sense. That, yeah. that was uh, my main uh, activity for the for the week. Well, Nick, I, your voice sounds funny. Do you have a cold? Oh, I've got a cold. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at the start, it's because he was Australian. It's a okay. transition from Australian <laughs> transition from Australian to American. Uh, uh, I thought he just went into a different state in Australia or something. Yeah. They yeah. A local accent. Well, I know you're doing a lot with your engine and you got the multiplane graphics and all that kind of stuff, and I'm not trying to brag, but I, I, I made a scrolling star field that can move behind text. So <laughs> so suck on that, Nick Marantes. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. And your game doesn't even require a joystick, Steve. Yeah, it doesn't require a joystick, doesn't need a 6309 or 512 or anything. <laughs> and it's... it only has one level, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not even quite a level yet. <laughs> But you can't Dude. die, so it's perfect. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Special Steve customized game there. Uh, D, Bruce Moore, Jacob Moore, anything new going on in the Moore house this week other than working on uh, Dungeon Crawl? Nope, nothing so far. Okay. Good, good, good. We got, we're joining us again. I'm not sure if he's muted or unmuted or if he's still working on it, but David O'Connor's here. Welcome back, David. Okay, we can't hear you. Can't hear you. Your lips move, but I can't hear what you say. All right. So, um, 
he's working on that. If only these, you know, professional musical guys, you know, <laughs> knew how to get a microphone or headphones working. If only. <laughs> so what is Mike Craig saying here? Uh, I have three guys wearing the same Radio Shack shirt here. It seems like Radio Shack t-shirts are like a virus. Yeah, they very much could be. All right, well, how about we do this while we're waiting on David O'Connor to get his sound check going. Um, we have our show and tell segment. This is this is a, a new regular segment now that we're going to call. What kind of crap did Brian Weezer buy this week? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and show us what you got going on this week, sir, so we can all be jealous and hate you at the same time. Oh, well, don't be jealous. It's all there. So <laughs> I didn't show this on, uh, I was traveling this past week with work and, uh, and the, uh, had a little bit of time to, uh, go check out uh, some of the thrift stores and, uh, uh, Goodwill store that was in the area. And, uh, this guy was sitting on the shelf there. That's oh. cool. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, uh, reasonably priced like $15 and it works just fine. A little, little yellow, but, uh, nice. hey, it works. Right. So. Nice, yeah. So Those you don't see every day. Nope. nope. So that was kind of a kind of a nice little find, and then uh, another item that I also picked up at a thrift store, and uh, it wasn't a Tandy one, but you know, can't always be picky, so. Yeah, These power. Yeah, those are neat. The, those used to yeah. go like under the monitor or like in your desk somewhere, and you just kind of turn exactly. things on yep. and off. And yeah. Then can, yep. Then you can put the different accessories on. So that was kind of kind of nice there. Do those have the little gas lights? A little what? Get little gas lights like mine down that here. kind of flickered the like the the, the lamp behind the uh switch oh yeah it like does have kind little, of yeah they illuminate when you flip them on yeah yeah yep. yeah, the neon yeah they, but they kind of look like they kind of look flickery a little bit you know, oh okay like, yep. like a pilot yeah. light you know yeah okay i guess i have to I have to move up closer and see I'm not sure. yeah and then yeah. uh and those Another, those those were good with the computers where the computer had like a hard on off switch like a modern PC even if you switch that on you'd still have to reach down and push the button on the tower to turn it on you know so yeah um, but that's another a cool feature right? yeah <laughs> and then another uh, another game that I wanted to add to my collection there ooh space assault that's nice clean pristine yeah. yep there's a nice clean box there on that one and then uh, another game I don't have in a box yet but uh, a little uh, uh that is slay the nares yes so i got the manual with it so nice 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 one and then uh uh mr brick adams will like this one here oh yes thank you yes you're too kind and thank you a couple more of those brick can buy a new car and there you go <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, i did share this one on facebook i don't know i just uh it kind of piqued my curiosity, so I went ahead and grabbed it. Though it was this, uh, it was a oh. book. It was the, the the Color Computer Playground, uh -huh. and it has about uh, forty different programs. It's it's more kid based, yeah, but it's yeah. it's a good introduction to programming. So it has a bunch of short little basic programs in there. So it's kind of a kind of a neat little book there, just to kind neat. of yeah, so, yeah. They get into graphics and audio and and sound and and, uh, and just basic, uh, you know uh doing arithmetic and everything so yeah neat. so it's just all type-ins right you type in the program and run exactly it. yep yep so you just kind of has a little tutorial it talks about what you know what it is and then goes into the okay programs. okay so, one. and then uh one that you kind of teased to, to last week you were talking about it and uh and i found myself uh too uh too irresistible to uh 
to pass up, and that was that uh, that Coco that you talked about. The ah, three. the Coco Three. That's clean. Yep, and it has the five the five twelve disco in it. Okay. So and they uh, they didn't have to make an offer, so I made an offer. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was able to pick it up for about what some people buy a Coco Two that's in a box for. Wow. And so, so you made an offer, and they didn't refuse. <laughs> uh, no, they got me by ten bucks, but then I took it. So okay. So that was kind of a yeah. Kind of a nice and thing. I I've seen this past week. I've probably seen two or three Coco Threes. I've seen a oh, Coco yeah. Three with a boomerang board on it. I've seen a Coco Three with a five twelve and sixty three oh nine. So this is these past few weeks, Coco Threes have been popping up, and you, you know, it's weird. You go through some dry spells, um, but it's been like Coco Threes are. On the on the radar right now on eBay. Yeah, there's one out there that was like 125. I think someone might have grabbed already. So. Yeah, yeah, I've seen them, and I'm I'm trying to be a good a good neighbor and and not buy something I don't need. <laughs> Although I want it, it's like I see it, and it's like I have this 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 like gravity. It's just like hey, must buy, must buy. You know? So it's just like. There was kind of nice to get that one and. Uh, it, uh, in the description, it didn't say that it was in a box, but it showed up in a Coco 3 box. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. The only, I guess the only downside of the whole purchase was the serial number was not the same on the box. So mm, Okay. I, I always like to see the serial number the same. but uh, Yeah, because when you go to return them, that's the first thing they check. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know some warranty problems, though. <laughs> exactly. But it is, it is kind of nice, though, you know, when, the, when you got the matching serial numbers and everything with the... Yeah, the, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of a... Kind of a fun little week when I uh, got back into town and had a pile of boxes to go through. So neat, 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 neat. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. I don't know if David's. Uh, let's see, David's got his Coco SDCs behind him. David O'Connor looks like his Mega Mini MPIs are there too. Can you hear us, David? Oh, I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Yeah, we hear you. Oh, good one. Okay, yeah, I just had a few technical glitches here. I've, uh... Yeah, just been trying to get uh, get out of the dungeon look and get a decent camera happening and a decent microphone. And uh, I was planning on getting it uh, all set up last night, but uh, I've had a few health issues this week. So uh, sort of a few things uh, got in the way and uh, one thing went to another and I'm still setting up. But uh, we're all good now. But, uh, oh, good. Well, we're glad you're here. You're coming in a little hot, so I don't know if you can, to, oh, I can pull, pull that, pull that yeah, back I just can... a little bit, a little over-modulated there. Yeah, I'm getting these kits. And Dave O'Connor looks like Dennis Kitts. You look like a you look like a young a young Dennis Kitts. Yeah. Uh, there's Rick Adams LED display there, the Cocoa Fest. Okay, the let me Okay, let's pull that level back a little bit now. That should be a little. Uh, yeah, should be yeah. Back. yeah, 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 a little, little warmer. Yeah, nice. And we have Bill's iPad has just joined us. Bill's iPad, are you there? Hello. Is that Bill's iPad? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Siri, order 100 rubber ducks and send to Bill Noble in Saskatchewan and uh, or Alexa or whatever it's called. So and overnight shipping. <laughs> yeah, overnight shipping of 100 rubber ducks to Bill Noble. I approve the purchase. <laughs> How's it going, eh, Bill? Oh, pretty good. Good. You're you're in the dark, just so you know. Um, yep. <laughs> so so David, you got your Mega MPIs in, right? Your Mega Mini MPIs. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, I'm really impressed with the OPL chip, the OPL three chip, that Yamaha chip. It's uh, yeah, I, I see why everybody was uh, was hyping it up. It's actually a really impressive chip. Nice, nice, very cool. And, uh, yeah, when I first got them all plugged in, um, I put the Coco SDCs in, and 
and it would freeze on the uh, on the loading of the Explorer. And I thought, oh, what's going on here? So uh, it was just an easy fix, though. I just needed to update the Explorer version. Oh yeah, yeah, that was posted. That's been that issue was kind of discovered and I believe fixed. So that's good. Mm. So yeah, I'm hopefully I'm going to be uh, as everybody's chatting. I'll uh, I've still got to plug in the uh, the audio from the um, from the uh, output of the Mega and okay. Mini MPI here. And uh, I've got uh, Ed Snyder's uh, chip tunes player running here, so I'm hoping cool. to run the audio direct, directly into the interface to give some decent you know a decent Neat. preview of some some high quality audio from it. Yeah, nice. We look forward to that. Uh, and, and Bill Noble, what you've been working on? We we showed off a week or so ago your um, ease of use bootloader um, menu thingy that looked really cool oh well it that's still the priority right now yeah still working on that yeah actually right. uh got a little bit of the interface already completed uh starting to work on the actual editor itself for inserting and deleting things seem to be going pretty good cool cool that's neat, and and uh, you know, it, unfortunately, the menu item is going to have have to have about three or four options for sound drivers, and about nine or ten options for real time clocks at this point. So the, the, the menu <laughs> the menu choices continue to grow. And, and would don't, you like don't remind me? Be updating it every week. And would you like fries with that? So. <laughs> ah, cool. What else is going on? Anything good in your world there, Bill? Um, not much other than the fact that it's actually starting to warm up. <laughs> nah, yeah, I hear that. frozen north. <laughs> hey, Mark D. Overholzer says, I should be home in a bit. Uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Craig says, I won't say how many Cocoa 3s I have, but they should last me till I'm dead. <laughs> 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 that's a good problem to have, right? Your Coco, when your Cocos outlive you. I guess that's a good thing, right? So hopefully they find new homes. So, all right, very, very cool. Yeah, we definitely look forward to hearing some of that chip tunes when it comes up. Um, we do have some news to go over. Maybe we can take a break before we start the news. But have I have I missed anything? Have we done a good enough job here uh, going around the room saying hi and talking about what we haven't done this week and how the weather is and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think we're good. All right. So how about we take a brief, quick break? Let's see what commercial I want to play today. We've we've heard from Fletcher. Actually, how about we're going to do this? We are going to go ahead and play a Boomerang commercial since uh, since Mark, uh, excuse me, Brian Schubring mentioned he got his Boomerang in. So how about we run a commercial here for Boomerang, and we'll be back in just a moment, kids. phone while you're there so don't, don't mind me go ahead and take the call we're all good uh here we go let's try boomerang take two yeah hi i'm tim playing dagger with like that idiot from the book <laughs> you're watching coco talk <laughs>
from Radio Shack, the TRS-80 Model 3. And at $200 off, it's a great value. Select from Radio Shack's huge program library to aid your children's education, plan your personal and household budgets, or to entertain with fast action games. You can even learn to write programs. The TRS-80 Model 3, on sale for $7.99. Only at Radio Shack and Radio Shack Computer Centers. The computer experts. We now return you to Cocoa Talk. All right, and we're back. Welcome to Cocoa Talk. We're here, and... Um, I got a question. Yes. Hey, uh, <clears throat> how many people here uh, actually do their... Um, bills and stuff on uh, the spreadsheet anybody we do on well you're going to be more specific on a spreadsheet on the cocoa like or just on a spreadsheet in general no. on a you know pc oh you mean like using a spreadsheet yeah to to do your personal finances uh, we just saw a commercial and uh back in the 80s they did it on their computer yeah you still do it today on a spreadsheet Anyone? Anyone? Yeah, actually, we do. I do have a poor man's checkbook register that I do have on a spreadsheet. Um, you know, and it's only as good as how often you update it, and it's not linked to anything. So yeah, matter of fact, when when I learned how to use a spreadsheet, that was the example somebody showed me. They showed me how to do a simple checkbook register with formulas, and that's kind of how that was my introduction to Excel back in like the Windows three days. Somebody showed me how to use Excel and do a simple check register and and that was how i got started in spreadsheets so yeah i still do that you didn't get in on the old visicalc days no i missed i didn't i wasn't really interested in spreadsheets at all during the cocoa time i was zero productivity was you know a concern <laughs> of mine so uh, yeah because we had a few we had a spectacular we had uh dyna dynaco yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was what sold. Those were the killer apps that sold computers were spreadsheets like VisiCalc and later on Lotus123, you know, Spectaculator, whatever it was. The, yeah. Um, the we had those integrated suites too, like the Elite series, which had Elite yeah. Calc and Elite Word, and we all said VIP. Right. You know, there was quite a few. Yeah. And, and then DeskMate and later on Microsoft Works and then Microsoft Office. But yeah, the spreadsheet and the word processors were the killer apps that sold business machines. These, these, this gave you a reason to use the machine because you can now do something with it. You know? Yeah, I remember so. Rainbow published one they called MiniCalc, whatever you could fit onto one screen. So I think it was like three columns by twelve rows or something. That's all you could do on it, but it did work. Yeah, yeah, it's like that Coco Two commercial. Honey, can you help me with this budget, please? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's Two years right. after the divorce. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> your... How about a new game, Dad? You whiny, sufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a job, freeloader. <laughs> we need another Coco Three. <laughs> and when I was a kid, all I had was a shortwave. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I, I, that might be uncommon. Because I think most people do it either online or you know online banking or maybe like a uh, what, the, what the hell do they call that program Quicken or something like that you know so mm -hmm. um, cool all right well who joined that we have not spoken everybody's still here so nobody knew all right 
Well, we can jump in, and, and this is good. I think I almost feel like we're running out of show when we barely just got started. But um, there, there, is, uh, there, there is news. There are things to discuss. So in order to do that, we should play a, a, a little clip here from L. Curtis Boyle here. So let's try that right now. Woo! Rock out, baby. All right, why? Now, this is the weird part. What the hell's going on here with this freaking thing? Lord have mercy. All right, so here's one of the things I came across on, on Facebook. was a question, and I thought maybe this is a good topic, but this came from uh, Jario. And he says, just out of curiosity, why was Jordan Mechner's Karateka never ported to the Coco 1 or 2? And I don't know if anybody knows the actual answer if it's more theory than opinion but um that was a cool game karateka for those who remember it that and prince of persia both had really good kind of cell style animation and were kind of popular household names and games for the time but why was it never on the coco just something tandy wouldn't be interested in or they weren't whoever made the games wasn't interested in the coco you guys have any theories or is, is that's a coco one or two era game or a coco three era game it was on the apple two no, but when was it released? Like, when would it have been ported? If when it was Karateka and Prince of Persia out? Early, in the early 80s. Yeah, so if it's Coco 1 and 2, Tandy at that time wasn't really willing on licensing too much stuff. They barely licensed anything at all. I mean, Ed Zaxxon, yeah. Huyan, and Poltergeist. Yeah. <laughs> so. And it, it could be that... And now, what was the, were those Broderbun? Broderbun, or how do you say that company name? I don't even know. Broder, 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 I'm not sure. But was it that company? That, that released them? Which one? Which, well, which the, game? The, the Karateka and the um, Prince of Persia. I think they're both made by the same guy. Wasn't it Jordan Mechner? Uh, Didn't he do them both? Or no? which, which publisher actually did those? Yeah. Well, I, I just, I'm just wondering if that publisher was more into the 6502 type machines and they just they, they didn't have guys who worked on the 6809 too. And it seems like some of those games that were on those systems, all those systems had the same cpu so it was somewhat easier to maybe port the code from you know platform yeah. to platform i, I think it's more licensing issues because nobody would be willing to pay for the license at that point i mean broader broderbun whatever you want to call it there when the coco 3 came out then they started getting interested in the tandy because then we did start getting stuff like where in the world is carmen san diego that's a broderbun title okay all right Example. so it might, so might have been timing yeah it could have been a combination of the coco not being either recognized or respected at the time and tandy just being too cheap any combination of those two as a, as a probability but uh would that be interesting to port today i would say absolutely like you know we've got um um the guy in australia nick's neighbor nick look out your other window who's the guy who ported um load runner from the apple i'm drawing a blank right uh, now mark McDougal. mark McDougal. mark has ported a bunch of stuff so if anybody could do that you know maybe mark could um port an apple listen it's an apple if it can run on an apple it can run on a coco three right that should be a given so, um, but that would be kind of neat to maybe see that ported one of those transcodes where they just transcode the whole program and it runs natively. So, or, or something like that. I know we had a game called Karate Man or Karate Dude or something, or is it just called Karate? Wait, wait, Kung Fu Dude, is that the one you Kung Fu, about? well, there was a DICOM, right? So it was kind of more like the arcade game, right? Where you had a oh, two-player. Oh, no, player. that's Karate. That's uh, Karate by DICOM. Kung Fu Dude okay. is my Okay. So we've, we've had one or two kind of fight-ish games on the Coco. I don't think any of the fighting games really 
blew us away with yeah kim that. guy to be ninja is probably the best one the Coco three records for that one so hmm okay so that that was an interesting question i don't we don't i don't know if we know the real answer but it, it never came to pass but that might be a good project for somebody to do either to transcode it create your own reimagining or just make a new a new game inspired by that It'd be kind of cool to see on the coco uh, did anybody ever play karatika back in the day I'd have to take a look at it because I can't. I, I'm not. Connecting I mean, you with you you start off. Um, it's very Asian looking. It's got like the big frames above you, and you're always like running from left to right, and the and the cell animation of the guy running and fighting was very good. So it was kind of a 2D. Um, what I wouldn't call it a full screen scrolling, but you left the screen and it kind of scrolled to another one, or I don't kind of remember, but it was a really cool looking game for a time. Visually, really good. The fight sequences were cool. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, I, matter of fact, I remember getting it on the um, on my Atari seventy eight hundred. I got it on a cartridge and I tried playing it, and it was just really hard to figure out how to play with a joystick. It's probably one of those games that was better geared towards having certain keys on a keyboard to mash for certain things. Um, here we go. This is a plug for for Jason Riker, the Coco Man Switcheroo cable. But Derek Green posted a picture saying how impressed he is with his Switcheroo. So we got a switcheroo running. There's a picture of the Coco looking clean. It's a picture of um, Rampage on the Coco 3. The one thing, and this is maybe just me and an OCD thing, uh, I don't like it when you put things on a widescreen TV and they kind of stretch them. So I usually go I'm through the... I'm not a fan of that myself. Yeah, I kind of go through the menus and tweak the aspect ratios to where they don't get stretched because, I don't know, just not a fan of that, but that's just me. Um, but yeah, like for example, Rampage is much wider than it probably would have been on a four by three screen. But yeah, the clarity and the color on this look really, really good, right? Um, there were some discussions um, on Ed Snyder's Gimme X2, and so having that kind of clean VGA output would be kind of cool as well. So that looks cool. Yeah, everything I do on my Coco 3 now, I'm doing through the switcheroo, so I'm a fan. Um, my One of my favorite PCs, this is my second Coco. My first Coco was the silver one. My second Coco was this model right here, right? So the white 64K uh, Coco 1, the flagship Coco um, of the time. Oh, Ken Reichert says, Jason is my favorite brother. <laughs> That's good. So it says, finally pick up the white model. Been searching one of these for ages. Needs to be retro-brighted and repaired as it doesn't turn on. Hmm. Okay. Well. Hopefully that's an easy fix, but yeah, it's even got the melty keys on it. Those the keyboard looks pretty shiny, so that looks good. Yeah, that computer is pretty near and dear to me. That was I, I spent a lot of years beating on that 64K Coco. And it's uh, one of the rarer ones too, because it was kind of the transition piece between the Coco One and the Coco Two. Yeah, yeah. Here's Ron Delvo showing off his. There you go. And here is uh, okay Coco One. Here's a silver Coco One. Look at these, huh? We got two. What's the difference here? Oh, this one has, I don't know if that's a custom job with the harder keys. I don't know if they actually released a hard key version of the white Coco one. I don't Be recall it. Because this didn't come out to later Coco 2. So maybe this was a s keyboard swap. Yeah, because the first um, Coco 2s came with melted keyboards too. No yeah, unless keyboard. maybe this might be the, um, in, in uh, I believe in Australia or Europe, they released this model as the Coco 2. And they actually called it that. So I'm not sure. Coco 2. Coco du, le coco du. All right, here's a nice picture of it. Yeah, 
It sure is a purdy machine. I, I'm lucky I have one. I have one in my collection, and I'm, I'm very happy about that. So that's cool. That's Chris who, who posted that. And that looks neat. Uh, Tony Pedraza letting us know on the Glenside uh, Color Computer Facebook group. He's letting us know that there's less than 60 days until T Cocoa Fest 2019 at Heron Point in Lombard, Illinois. There are only two more exhibitor tables left in the main room, but there is overflow space available, and there are places to call home if you want to rent a small spot. Um, GlensideCCC.com is the website there. Uh, May the 4th, right? May 4th. May the 4th be with you, right? So that's the weekend, May, May 4th and 5th. So uh, if you if you were thinking about getting a table, then you know you might want to get that table. Um, so uh, Brian Weasler, what did you just post? Oh, that is that Karatika? Oh, you got a video for Karatika. Okay, so we'll pull that up. Um, yeah, I think it is. I'm not sure. Uh, and so this is old news at this point. This was Brian Weasler showing us his um, his um, thrift store finds. That's old news at this point. Another <laughs> one here. Here's a here's a question. Brian Weasler just stirring the shit pot here, but he's saying the cocoa, my cocoa is better than your computer. Prove me wrong, <laughs> right? So, and uh, he's just saying that he felt like a lot of the games on the cocoa were just better than some of the eight-bit contemporaries. So, an interesting, uh, an interesting discussion ensued from there. And what I thought was neat was basically Nick Morenti's showing some side-by-side -side pictures. And sometimes a picture is worth a thousand words, but. You can see here that the Commodore this is these I think these were all compared to the C64 Nick was that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So you know when you've got 16 real colors, you, you know, it's hard to compare sometimes, but I would say for only having four colors, we did a pretty good job. And when I say we, you know, obviously the guy who made the game, but <laughs> <laughs> he's been on the show. So yeah, yeah. So um, you know, and and um yeah so i mean the, the coco verse when you look sailor man was a very well done game you know i mean it yeah, was it's, it's the best yeah and so sometimes even having the colors and the sprites did the games have good quality gameplay you know and 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 i i think maybe what we might not have had visually i think in gameplay a lot of the coco games really just had a good feel to them very solid professional feel to how they played um yeah. It also depends if you're comparing Coco 1 and 2 with the C64, if you're comparing the Coco 3, because they're kind of like three-year offsets. I think it was 1980, the Coco right. 1 came out. 1983, the C64 came out. 1986, the Coco 3 came out. Like, I compared our Gauntlet 2 with the uh, Apple 2 and the C64 versions, and we stomped the crap out of them. Yeah. Speed-wise, color-wise, you name it. But yeah. that's Coco 3, so. Right, 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 right. That would, that would, that would the, like, I know it's not a completely technologically accurate comparison but the coco 3 to the apple 2 is kind of like the apple 2 gs in a sense you yeah. know it's a better a better graphics chip anyways so it would be like saying a game on the gs comparing that to the apple 2 it's it's going to be better um but yeah i mean visually the c64 seems to win each time in these in these screenshots they're just the uh, the color palettes and having more colors on screen um Definitely look better. I never played any games on the C64, so I can't tell you how well Zaxxon played. Um, but yeah, the Puyan was probably one of the worst choices in colors. <laughs> However, that being said, the sprites looked very well. And this is my least favorite color set ever. But for whatever reason, they, they pulled it off and made it work. And 
other than the colors kind of hurting your eyes, the contrast of the white wolves and, and, and pigs on the weird fuchsia backgrounds, you could see everything and nothing kind of got lost. Like even on the uh, blue and green screen, sometimes the blue and red kind of got lost on, on the TVs, you know, because there were such dark colors, there wasn't a lot of contrast between them. So um, despite the, the odd palette, I think this game worked. Um, but the one on the right looks better and we have it we've got a patched version of this right for the coco 3 where they fixed yeah yeah, where they fixed those palettes and Uh, the coco vga is capable of changing them too interesting and the irony is that uh, the color set the green the other alternate color, the red green and blue would have suited puyan better yeah because that would have what it what it closer resembled it would have been really good but yeah 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 so why they chose that or it's okay go ahead no you go ahead I'm just going to mention, like, there's some others that some others uh, were mentioned, including myself, like Sea Dragon. The Coco version is actually better than a lot of the other 8-bits at the time. Mm, okay. Donkey King was one of the best Donkey Kongs, one of the few that had all four levels. Yep. So there's a there's a few that we did. Time Bandit's another one. That yeah, quite- Time Bandit was a good game. Cash, Cashman, I think, will rival Jumpman on the C64. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of bias here with us being Coco guys. Uh, maybe being a little bit more favorative of the Coco versions of these games, but you got to be f- what fair is fair. Yeah. Um, and you so, got to compare the technology too. Like if you're talking about a computer you know, created three years before. Right. Well, I'll tell you what. So let's let's look, let's talk about Canyon Climber. Right. So Canyon Climber on the Atari 800 looked better. However, it was slow. It was god awful slow like on our canyon climber especially when you you know we the more you play the faster it gets and the, you can climb up those ladders like blah, 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 and you're just like boom you're up the ladder the, the atari never reached that speed now did they intentionally slow it down i don't know i didn't write the software but it just felt like it felt like something i did in basic half the time you know it's just like this really sluggish animation of doing jumps and the ladder climbing was never that um good so yeah, Nick Marota says that uh, uh, Donkey King is is one of the few with, with the pie level. Yeah, at, at that time, especially on home computers, absolutely. So cool stuff. Um, you know, uh, the Joust games and the Coco, I really enjoyed all of them. You know, each they all had something nice about them, but they were all fun and playable. So I like the Coco Joust games. Um, I don't know that we had any. Coco Pac-Man that completely blew me away, but they were all playable fun games. Probably Miss Maze was one of the better ones with the polish having all four mazes and the music and stuff. Um, yeah, what else comes that. to mind? Until the Coco where, 3 stuff came out. Right, 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 right. So yeah, it's just been, it's like picking your favorite Coco game. I mean, I must say Zaxxon was good, right? Um, and in the, the, um, the two big kind of Holy Grail games of like 1983, 1984, were the ColecoVision versions of Zaxxon and Donkey Kong. And both of ours kicked the crap out of both of those, right? And so our Donkey Kong was better than ColecoVision's, and our Zaxxon was better than ColecoVision's, even though it didn't have the colors. It just looked and played a little better. Um, so that was those were some proud moments back in the day. Um, yeah. I, think, I think our Canyon Climber played better. Maybe it wasn't as colorful, but I think it was a faster... Uh, you could fly through those levels, you know, maybe too fast sometimes. <laughs> um, I've never, se- I've never really seen Megabug other than screenshots. I know there was Dung Beetle and a few other versions of Megabug, but I can't really see that game 
being dramatically different in any platform. No, I'm not sure. If I remember the Apple II version for sure was a lot slower, but the Apple II is also a lot older hardware based than even the Coco is. So Yeah, yeah. So Brian Weezer says the Coco just did it better. Prove me wrong. Anybody have any <laughs> contrary opinions here saying somebody else did it better than the Coco? Because I'll just find and, that hang up button. You're the one who brought up the question. What, what, what would you be your prime examples of this? Myself? Yeah. I, I, I like the Zaxxon. That was probably one of my favorite games, I guess. So that was that's the one I, I was kind of referring to there. I, I enjoy playing that game. And, yeah. Uh, and, and it kind of takes me back to the arcade days because that was uh, – you know, a game that I enjoyed playing at the arcades and, and uh, also enjoyed it on the color computer. So that was probably my game of choice there uh, on that one. So Galagon was pretty damn good. Galagon was pretty spot on with all the levels and the challenging stages and everything. Uh, Spectral Associates. That yeah. was a good one. Um, our Berserk was damn good. The original Berserk. Yeah, the original Mark Data one was actually quite yeah. close. Yeah. That was actually one of the first ones. That one and Astro Blast were the first P Mode 4 artifacting games I ever saw. Yeah, yeah. Astro Blast just blew me away. That's a clone of Astro Fighter in the arcade, not Astro Blaster. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Nick Marotta's pointing out that, you know, ColecoVision um, had Donkey Kong on the right hand side of the screen instead of the left, which was just literally bass backwards from how the game was. But they and only just figured... six girders, too, instead yeah. of seven. Yeah. yeah, and they're like, well, the screen's shorter. We don't have the imagination to scale anything so we'll just cut a third of it away and it just worked out where that last one was going the opposite direction so screw it he's on the other side and it is what it is right so um so yeah quicks was good yeah our quicks games were good i mean space invaders games were good our asteroids games were good i mean asteroids is pretty straightforward of a game but uh microbes was a pretty good asteroids game uh, are you freaking polaris yeah, Polaris, that was one of the best 4K, missile 4K missile command with only four colors. That and one of the few that supported having your your separate bases, which actually was advantageous because you could shoot a shorter different shot. keys, different keys. Yeah, yeah, there were three different keys you used to shoot that with. Because everybody um, else kind of modeled the Atari Twenty Six Hundred version, which was a pain in the butt. Completely. Yeah, you press one button and anyone will shoot towards the thing, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Polaris was damn good for four. Oh, Dino Wars. Nobody had Dino Wars, so. <laughs> and Protectors 2, I compared ours with the Commodore 64, and some of the graphics are a little bit smoother, but some of ours were smoother. And ours actually, was, ironically enough, was more colorful hmm. because of the graphics mode they used. I guess I should have put up screenshots like Nick did. I just looked at a few of them on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And there is a link to Karatika. Let me let me pull that up real quick. Hopefully we won't get a copyright bug for this. Oh, this is the Coco Karate game here. So this is karate for this is high, this is our friend in Germany high retro game lord right so this is the Coco Karate game, written by Dave Dies, distributed by Dicom Products right so we can turn that down just a bit huh so here we go actually this this other than being a little slow that's not bad ooh look at that <laughs> it's like single cell animation first he's down that's he's, what our viewers feel like yeah. Yeah, he's completely on the ground. Now he's up in the air. I'm like, yeah, so really sluggish, right? Boom, boom. Yeah, painfully slow. But it looks pretty good. Pretty tall, tall character. So this is a good example of what Karateka does not look like. So <laughs> yeah, wasn't sure about that one. So. Yeah, so um, so Brian Weasler says the Coco just did it better on a lot of games. I think a lot of us will agree, even if we're biased, right? Root Beer Tapper was great. Nick Marota saying, 
Hey, Matt City is here. What's Matt City saying here? Uh, or Matt Chi, uh, C H Y. Matt, okay. DataSoft had 15 programs for four systems. Four, 15 programmers for four systems. Wow. Yeah, DataSoft cranked some stuff out, right? So, um, all right. Ro Rogelio or Rogelio, or we'll call him Roger, right? So, we need to get him on the show. He was saying all the talk about real time clocks on the Cocoa. Remember seeing something like this a long time ago. The November 1984 issue of the Rainbow Speech Systems Precision time manual and he says the documentation for this are in the in the uh, color computer archive so now your computer will always know the correct date and time this amazing precision time module is calibrated to the national bureau of standards atomic clock and you'll never have to change it right using the precision time module to add time element to your game or use on a BBS so that the time will always be perfectly accurate with a battery backup. Now, how much would you pay? Even it sounds like it was custom written for David Ladd. Yeah, right. Even when your computer is off, the clock keeps correct time by operating using the internal battery backup system. Months, years, months, leap years, and days. What's DAT? Daylight savings time. The precision time module automatically adjusts for the different number of days in each month as well as leap years, and believe it or not, it adjusts for daylight savings time, so you won't have to remember to spring forward or fall back, although it probably hasn't been updated since we changed that back in 2006, right? So, but for $49.95, this product was, you know, David Ladd, this was screaming David Ladd right here, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Um, now and that was although, one of several. We had we had ones from AlphaSoft slash Colorware. They sold one for their Abus systems. Birkenberg had the smartwatch option for the Birkenberg hard drive controller. So we had multiple of these. Odisto had one that they used to do in their three in one and four in one boards for the supercontroller too. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one is this one is synchronized to the global thermal geosynchronous uh, atomic real time clock of the uh, I don't know something or another. So. Yeah, that sounds pretty freaking awesome. And this was 50 bucks back in the day. So cool stuff, cool stuff. So uh, we will have many, many, many sound chips. We'll have more sound chips. I'm not saying sound chips, but time clocks. We're going to have more real-time clocks than sound chips in, in the near future. So, so uh, look forward to that. Now, here's a cool picture. Ed Snyder's Mega Mini MPI, and maybe we'll hear some of this on the show tonight too. So this was a post from Mark saying and mega mini mpi showed up today i couldn't resist filling up the slots and taking a picture <laughs> that sounds like something david ladd would do yeah, right? I would. So, <laughs> only four what only four slots so uh, yeah it looks good next to the cocoa it would it, it's it actually doesn't make these cartridges stand up too too much higher it's a little lower to the ground so maybe your your clearance might be a little less with this than a real mpi so that looks good it's good to see some of these getting out there um, people picking up the uh, Mega Mini MPIs. I, I, it's like, oh, listen, all the cool kids are doing it. I'm probably going to have to break down and get one too, right? So um, now this one was posted. I'm not going to play the video because YouTube will find a way to screw me, and they always do. However, this was a cool series of called Abandon, and this is showing off some of the abandoned Radio Shack stores, and then it gets into the Tandy history. And this is a 17-minute video, so it's called Bright Sun Films. Um, and you're going to see some stuff about 
what abandoned Radio Shack stores look like. So I'm posting that link in the live chat if you want to see it. Bookmark it. Watch it later. But you can kind of see here, you know, they're showing that, you know, we went from thousands of stores to now empty stores, and then they get into the Tandy story. I'll tell you a little bit about how Radio Shack started, and then I guess he's going to talk about what they did and then how they all went crashing and burning, right? So probably a cool thing to watch when you got 18 minutes to burn. Um, so check that out. I just posted the link in the live chat. Now, Curtis had posted this one too. This guy posted a message in the... Um, in the mailing list recently, right? Curtis, is that where this came yep. from? That is right. correct. And so you had mentioned, so he's here. I'm going to try to read uh, what you posted in Discord uh, from the Cocoa ma mailing list. This is a gentleman by the name of, um, what is his name? David Johnson. M. David Johnson. A three initial guy too, right? So he's saying, when the rainbow folded back in 93, I thought the Cocoa was dead. I became involved in other stuff and forgot about it. Now I find out that Coco and Glenside and Coco Fest are still alive and well, and it's right here in my own backyard. I should have paid more attention. One of the first things that caught my eye was the CF834 on the archives, but the file there is only the demo disc. The full fourth package is now up and available for free download on my newly registered website, BDS-Soft. BDS Software. So this is M. David Johnson. And um, he should put this on the Color Computer Archive, unless he wrote it. Did he write it? Is he the author of this, or is he just a holder of a I'm copy of sure. it? I'm not sure. I couldn't quite right. tell from his post. He did mention that he'd seen that the, the software's there, but it was the demo version, and he has the actual full one. So I don't know if that means he just had purchased it and had it kicking around, or if that meant that he was the original author. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Well, either way, I mean, if it would be nice. If he's making it available on his website, then... It says, free for all, see this software license. So let's see what his software license says. Uh, the new software license applies to all software found on this site and supersedes all previous, all software, which has previously been, all software documentation and information is available with free download without cost, whether you download such an item. Um, BDS, former software. Uh, okay, so I, I'm still not clear. Um, he does mention Jesus Christ here, though. So whether you download such items directly from the site or obtain from any other means, you are hereby licensed to copy them, to sell or give away such copies, to use them except uh, any way whatsoever, so long as nothing you do with them would de... de, de I can't read. The name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, so as long as you don't take uh, Jesus' name in vain, I guess you're okay here, right? So... Um, so anyways, it looks like we've got a copy of Fourth on here. If you want to get Fourth, uh, go Fourth and get yourself some Fourth. Um, maybe we need to reach out to this guy and ask him, hey, are you the author or are you just now somebody who's passing this along? If he is Sounds the author. Sounds like he's coming to the fest too, which is cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that would be cool. So that is M. David Johnson. Did you look at the if... color computer page? No. It says in the 1990s, it developed and BDS software marketed a 1983 standard fourth for the Cocoa. Oh, he's the guy who did it? Yeah, that's what it sounds like. So oh, he's okay. the guy. So he is the guy. So, yeah, we should probably reach out to him. Matter of fact, it was, um, it wasn't it something that, um, um, God, I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. 
Who's the guy who's doing Long Branch? Never Paul Fiscarelli. So yep. Paul, remember Paul Fiscarelli found a bunch of stuff, and it was possibly a fourth compiler or something like that. So I don't know if that's related to it at all or not. Yeah, but, we had multiple fourth compilers. Like I know there was one uh, that was in the company Hoyt Stearns Electronics because Dwayne Downing had a copy of that one, and he fiddled with it for a bit. There was another version of fourth for OS nine at one point. So there's been at least three or four different versions of fourth on the Cocoa that I know. Of. Okay, and hey, we've been joined by Mark D. Overholzer. Hey, Mark, how are you? I'm back. You're back. It's been a while. Yeah, well, things have come up. And Jim Gary has joined us, too. Hey, Jim Gary, how's it going, eh? So your priorities obviously have not been in the right order by, by being uh, absent for, <laughs> for many weeks in a row, Mark D. Overholzer, but we would expect nothing less from an Apple guy, so... <laughs> uh, now we can us, start dissing those Apple II games yes. again. Us, <laughs> <laughs> working on the uh, on the Rainbow Magazine, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ron had mentioned that. You got you, Mark Overholzer and Ron combined. You guys want to give us an official update on Rainbow? I'll throw Ron under the bus. Let him go first. <laughs> well, he he kind of did. did. Yeah, he did. But I don't know that David oh. O'Connor heard it. But oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't hear it, so. Well, yeah. You want to do a quick recap on that, Ron? Yeah, he's been reviewing um, the articles, and he sets them up on our group we have, and then I um, download them, and I'm arranging them into a PDF and soon to be um, ready for production down the road in a paper form. So <clears throat> I'm in the process of uh, compiling things and putting them together. And it's, you know, a slow, arduous process, but it's coming along. There you go. I've got 20-some pages so far, you know. Excellent. Excellent. We've got a yeah. David Ladd sighting. He's in um, YouTube right now. It's Paco Otakte. Hey, David, okay. what, do you, what have you been up to, David? Oh, I'm much happier breaking stuff. Okay, David's been breaking stuff. All right, that's good. Um, <laughs> Jim Gary, how many games have you ported to the MC10 this week? And you're muted, so we can't hear you just yet. Apparently, he's busy porting even as we speak. This is the sound of Jim Gary unmuting his software, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> there we go. He's unmuted. We hear you now. Okay. Uh, I don't think I've done anything this week, but oh. I started a project. Oh, okay. You started a project. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll yeah, catch I'm you some a slack. platformer for Retro Ooh. Challenge. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Yeah. Look forward uh, so to You're that. programming something uh, in basic? Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm working on phase two of Cosmic Aliens. It's going to be all kind of text-based. So just using literally like letters and symbols and stuff. No no graphics at all. He's waiting so, till you finish so he can port it. Yeah. Well, this, this, <laughs> this, this should be fairly portable. Yeah, actually, it would be an honor to see it on the MC10 uh, when it's done. Are there are there ways to peek the keyboard in the MC10 if you hold down a key, like arrow keys and stuff? Yeah, you use a you peek two and peek one seven zero two three, I think. All right, well, you add those. Yeah, and you get oh, you a gotta, rollover. Ah, uh, you got to peek two values, huh? Yeah, just peek two values and add them. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. You're in your intro screen on that, Steve, um, the one where it draws the, uh, the, the each line horizontally in, yeah. in columns, um, yeah. the inverse, 
Um, did you get my thing about the uh, about using a, a text string there instead of using? Um, well, yes, but that there's number one that character can't be printed without changing thing because it's inverted. It's an inverse character, and the only way you can get the inverse on the screen is to poke them. Unless you screw with the VDG and you could just inverse everything. Um, but the other reason why that is being done that way is because that what, as you're seeing it paint in the screen, that's actually as I'm building my tables. So I'm just giving uh, you something visual uh -huh. as the table's being... I had to build that table so I have all the XY coordinates of the screen. And so that was just yep. vis visualizing that. Um, yeah, but, that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so... so he, sent, he sent you something that was upside down? Screenshot of the Coco versus Originals here. What is this? L. Curtis Boyle. Oh, that's that's Curtis's website, right? So we can switch yeah. back over to that real quick. Curtis has... Um, Hardly uh, complete, but at least gives you some a comparison between the Coco versions 1, 2, or 3 uh, versus the original arcade. It doesn't compare with the other platforms. Right. So for example, uh, this... I need to unzoom this a little bit. You don't hear her say this too often, but it's actually too big right now. Um, so this is the uh, arcade version of 1942. 1942, that came out in 1984. Let that sink in for a minute. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Fighter Pilot. Okay. Now there's Amadar, which was released as Cuthbert Goes Walkabout, which I have never seen, but that looks cool, and I might want to play that. And then there's obviously Asteroids, and then we've got Color Meteoroids, which was then later renamed to Microbes. And then there is Star Blaster, which actually looks halfway decent. Yeah, that one's kind of a mix. It's a mix between standard Asteroids and Asteroids Deluxe because it adds shields and stuff. Okay, too. shields. Or, okay. Shields, other stuff, too. Uh, and then we had an arcade game called Astro Fighter, and then we have a Coco clone called Astro Blast, looking rather good there. Uh, Avalanche from the arcade. And then this is obviously popcorn, um, and then uh, ketchup was a derivative of that. And then we had something like able builders. So this was uh, oh, is that another? These are somewhat clones or derivatives of that yeah, game. Okay, all right, all right. Then we get into Bagman, and then we have Bagot Man, which was pretty damn good. This ver and if you look at the colors here, we're not really off by much. You know. <laughs> Bagman didn't have too many more colors than, than we had, so not a bad not a bad deal there. Uh, the original Berserk, and then we also obviously had Berserk, later renamed to Haywire. Android Attack, which was kind of weird. And then Monster Maze, which I originally wasn't a huge fan of, but at the time I didn't realize this, and this was only done in 4K. When you take, and this was an early game before anybody knew how to program on the Coco. When you factor all that in, it's fairly impressive. Um, but the picking up of the prize, uh, you know, picking up that little the stack gold of bars. gold bars, whatever, is an interesting feature, right? Um, so we had a handful of those. Then we had games like, uh, from the arcade, Bosconian, and, of course, Draconian, which, in a way, is slightly better. Play-wise, play yeah. it's superior. Having to rescue the astronauts really added an extra element that the original yeah. did not. Yeah, and then having the giant dragon come up on screen was pretty impressive, too. Yeah. Right? Uh, Burger Time in the arcade, and then we had Lunchtime. Hmm. Oh, gotta go. I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, then we had uh, Carnival, which was cloned to Shooting Gallery. Similar, right? Um, what is this? Oh, Centipede. Were there any Centipede games on the Coco? That's a rhetorical question, <laughs> right? So, um, 
Uh, probably one of the better ones, Intracolor, called Colorpede. Yeah, the Intracolor games were pretty damn good. Um, they had one that was also a clone of uh, the um, Robotron, right? Yeah, Robotech. Um, Caterpillar. Uh, Color Caterpillar. Slay the Nereis. Caterpillar Attack. Megapede. And Wiggle Worm, right? So numbers of those. Circus Atari. Uh, or just circus, and obviously clowns and balloons. We had a columns game on the uh, Sega, and and that was actually made by our very own John Strong, right? Called Gems, looking good. Uh, original arcade of Contra, and then we got a clone that was actually more closely to the NES version, right? Yeah. More inspired by the NES version, but damn good looking game. Uh, arcade game called Crash. We had one called Rally. Crystal Castles. We had. Crystal Castles. <laughs> it's slightly differently, though, so it wasn't imposing on any copyright. There you go. Yes. T-L-E. Now, here you can see, obviously, the arcade graphics and colors versus the Coco did leave a huge uh, to be desired there, right? Um, then we have uh, Dig Dug, Pump Man, and Donkey Kong. And then we had Donkey Kong uh, 2007 Coco 3 version, Donkey Kong the King, Donkey King the King, Donkey Monkey, Monkey Kong, there you go, Canyon Climber, um, which was somewhat kind of derivative of, of Don yeah, kind of derived from Donkey Kong, and then Donkey Kong Jr. We had Junior's Revenge, and Return of Junior's Revenge, um, and the list goes on, right? So I never knew this game existed, but Electric Yo-Yo, I didn't know that was a thing because I always thought Beam Rider was just a completely original game. Uh, Food Fight, we had Food War, Galaga, we had Galagon. Xenix was kind of a Galaga-ish clone. Galaxian, we had Birds and Galactic Attack and Galax Attacks and Space Ambush and Glaxons and Glaxon, Glax Off, Space Hawk, <laughs> uh, Gauntlet 2 from the arcade. We had Gantlet 2. Very different name, completely Gantlet. Uh, it's like that's how they pronounce it in, in Baston, right? When you're done <laughs> when you're done packing the cow, we're gonna play some Gantlet over here. Um uh, Ikari Warriors, we had Russian Assaults, Joust, we had Multiple Joust, Buzzard Bait, Lancer, Pegasus, and the Phantom Riders. The Karate Champ, we had Karate. Uh, That's what Lady, showed earlier, actually. Yeah, Ladybug, we had Doodlebug. And Marble Madness, we had Marble Maze and Those Darn Marbles, which looks good. I could never get this to work. I must have bad disc images of this. I could, I've never seen Those Darn Marbles. I'd like to see it one day. Millipede, we had Kingpede and Monaco... GP, we had Morocco GP, and Mr. Do, we had Mr. Dig, and Nibbler, we had Buzzworm, and Rat Attack, and Omega Race, we had Space Race, the list goes on, Paperboy, we had Paper Route, Phoenix, we had Demon Seed, and Popeye, we had Sailor Man, and Punch-Out, we had a Punch-Out clone called Knockout, was this a Dicom yep. as well? That looks it like was. a Dicom game, yeah, that actually looks halfway decent, right? Quicks, we had a couple different Quixes, so we had QX and, and Quix. And Arex, we had Crazy Painter. Rastan, we had Warrior King. <laughs> Somehow it looks like, listen, you got 5% uh, of the screen real estate there, but what are you going to do, right? So um, Scramble, we had Scramble with a K, right? I like my eggs scrambled. Whirlybird <laughs> Run and, and Chopper Strike and, and Sinistar. Yeah, this was a fun game. I played that one. Under Coco 3, that was a good one. No, Sp arcade one is way faster, though. Oh, okay, I could imagine, right? So Space Encounters was cloned. 
known as the force or intergalactic force. We have a Tempest clone that's called Storm in semi-graphics mode, which actually plays very well. Um, we had a couple of Tron clones. We had Electron and Cron. Uh, track and Field, we had a couple of Track and Field clones. We had a Venture clone called Montezuma's Dungeons and Venturer. Uh, we had a Warlords clone called War Kings and Castle Guard Zaxxon. We had Zaxund and Z89. Um, cool. Yeah, so that's that's a list that Curtis made quite, quite some time ago, and I'm, I'm sure there's probably... Oh, there's few, tons missing. A few more at this point. But, I do have a um, list, ongoing list of stuff to add on that. So yeah, you need that. I've got a whole bunch of those made in basic. You need to compare those too. I think. Yeah, we need to add the Jim Garrison. I need right? a special MC10 section. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody remember a game called uh, Stella Lifeline? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Steve Yorks. That was that was one of my favorite games. I was never a really big gamer, but uh, Tetris and, and Stellar Lifeline were probably my two favorite games. Wow, and, uh, cool. And as far yeah, as I, I know, Stellar Lifeline's an original. I don't think that's a clone of anything. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask next. Was 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 it a clone? Because I don't remember it being in the arcades anywhere. No, because you were kind of like you had to escort the convoy to the finish line, right? And yeah. kind yeah. of sometimes yeah. move ahead and take off the uh, incoming uh, bad guys and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was different. And then they'd sneak up on behind, and yeah, it was it was quite a good. It was a strategy game because they'd sneak up from behind. You'd get used to being in front, yeah. saving the con front, and then one would come up out of nowhere, just out from behind, and you, you, they were yeah. the ones that were most difficult to find. And, and yeah. some of your enemies would like blow up the convoy, and others would steal them and drag them back the other direction. So you'd get the, your convoy split up all over the place, and you have to try to decide which yeah. part yeah. to save. I had a cartridge of it. No, I, I, it's still probably floating around here somewhere, but I couldn't find it anywhere, and I was just really relieved to find it on the on the Coco Archive. Yeah, so. it reminds me. It reminds me of a game for the TRS-80. Maybe it was called like Rear Guard or something like that. There is a Rear Guard for the Coco. That is was it? officially from Adventure International. Hmm. Um, it's on my site too, Rear Guard. But you're not escorting a convoy in Rear Guard. You're just basically shooting behind yourself at aliens and stuff. No, we have we have a we have a question from Perry, uh, in in YouTube uh, saying, uh, did anybody play P fifty one Mustang Attack over the modem? So has anybody played the? I did way 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 back, and I wasn't very good at flight simulators in, in general, so I didn't do too well on it. But we did get it working. Yeah, yeah, we got it working. That was Bill's. Me and Daryl actually got it working. <laughs> Curtis. And I know somebody recently on Facebook, like within the last year, said that they got it working too between two Cocos directly. That might be something to try with all these ESP Wi-Fi modules now at this point too, where you can play against somebody on over the internets. You know, yeah, if it simulates the modem properly and, and works on the Bitbanger because it's hard coded for the Bitbanger, mm -hmm. three hundred or twelve hundred baht. I can't remember. He said Bitbanger. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, cool. Very very cool. Uh, so David, have you, are you in a position now to to uh, woe us with some of the chip tunes player stuff from the Mega Mini MPI? Or yeah, I've got it plugged in. I'll uh, I'll just set my audio level to automatic and just make sure we don't overload things here. So uh, let's hear some in. of the Ed Snyder goodies coming out of this new Mega MPI. All right, I've got so, one track here that seems to uh, it's, it seems to be a pretty good demo of, of what it can do, and it's, I've got it running with the, the audio, audio spectrum analyzer once again. Nice. This is on the Coco 1 you're running this, right? Not a Coco 3? Uh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, yeah, Ed's uh, sent me a couple of 6309s to, to replace the 6809s, and uh, 
got them in both of the Cocos now um, to run with the, the Mega Mini MPIs. So uh, let's just, uh, yeah, if I do uh, this, hopefully my microphone's not going to... Uh, it's not coming through your That's mixer, though. No, you're not hearing it. No. I did see the uh, audio spectrum analyzer go off, though. That was cool. Okay. Oh, hang on. Yeah, all right. Uh, give me a couple of minutes uh, to discuss something else for a second. I've, uh, all right. We'll do that. <laughs> I've got to over my mixer. I know what I've done wrong here. I will run another commercial. Let's see. We ran a boomerang commercial. We're going to run two commercials. That way, if anybody has to go potty, we can do that. So we're going to start off with a uh, switcheroo commercial, and then we're going to do a little something else. So guys, smoke them. If you got them, go potty. We'll be back in a few. Brew break. Hi, it's Ron Dovo, Timberman, and this is Coco Talk. In a world where RGB produces black and white video, one cable can make a difference. Switcheroo. Gogo3scartcable.com Some people have big plans after school. You know what Elliot's gonna do? Jeff, too. Elliot's at work on a book report using Scripsit on Radio Shack's Color Computer 3. It hooks up to his TV. And Jeff's at his Radio Shack Color Computer 3 playing the newest football game. But wait, what's Elliot doing playing new Super Pitfall? And Jeff's having a blast with a new math tutor. You never know what you might try with more than 100 programs for fun and learning. Radio Shack's Color Computer 3 comes with everything you see here. Other items each sold separately. Only at Radio Shack. We now return you to Coco Talk. Hey, have you got your Coco 3 yet? Hi, this is Rick Adams, author of Temple of Rom and Shanghai. And you've tuned into Coco Talk, the nation's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. What's going on, everybody? Original gamer Stevie Stroh here. And if you're a fan of vintage computing and retro gaming, then you're going to love our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. There you will find custom designs by Instagram artist Joel M. Adams. You can get I'm a Coconut, Coco Talk, and other cool video game images on a t-shirt, coffee mug, or mouse pack. So if you love retro, then head on over to the retro swag shop at 8bit256.com today. Tell them the original gamer Stevie Stroh sent you. Radio Shack TRS-80 put the world of color computing into your home. Instant loading program packs turn any color TV into an exciting game arcade. And there's more. The color computer is an educational aid, a home management tool, and up-to-the-minute electronic information service. The programmable, expandable TRS-80 color computer from $399 only at Radio Shack, the biggest name in little computers. We now return you to Coco Talk. All right, and we are back. Has your has your sound engineer gotten the board worked out for you? Yeah, it should be working this time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's give this another shot. See what we All get right. this time. He gets everybody a bad time. <laughs> 
looks good with the uh, um, audio spectrum analyzer going back there too. It's got a nice groove to it. Good low end to it. Yeah. I like the drum and bass sounds on that. Yeah. I gotta get one of these things now. <laughs> I want one. And this is just on a Coco One. You imagine what you do with a Coco Three with one of these suckers. Yeah, it actually runs really. The, the, the Ed's. I mean, this is only a, a beta, early beta version of Ed's chiptune player too, and it's actually yeah. quite stable. It's very good. Yeah. There's a, a couple of the more complex tracks. It tends to slow down a bit of the tempo. Uh, there's a couple of tempo issues on. On it's only one or two of the really complex tracks, but okay, probably ninety percent of what's on there just runs really, really nicely. And uh, I would imagine Ed would be you find, as he fine tunes all this, he'll be able to iron those things out. Yeah, so you've got a 6309, so this thing is cranking it up in, in the uh, uh, native mode and the faster speed and stuff, I would imagine. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But just at one megahertz. Right. Or just, does it not? What do you mean, just at one megahertz? Because it's a Coco 1, so it's... it's well, uh, this that leads into my next question now. The Coco VGA, because it is not... Even I guess because is it is it not using the VDG at all now? Because I know the VDG still plugs back into the Coco VGA, but could we get double speed on the Coco VGA because it's outputting I, differently? Well, it is still I, I still do the poke six five four nine five comma zero double. Well, speed. nine five. But what about nine seven? Can you poke yeah, a the, nine the, seven? Yeah, the nine five on only speeds up the ROM access. The, yeah, uh, try try a six five four nine seven because on a real Coco your screen would freak out on that because it screwed up the well, timing between. There's the... two issues with that. One, it, it it screws up the video refresh, but it also screws up the SAM refresh of the RAM. So if you let it run too long, it'll start to scramble the RAM a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, it does. I've tried it on this one and it does scramble. So uh, it scrambles the screen too. Yep. Yep. Does. Okay, so so the Coco VGA does is not a workaround for that. So if you go into double speed mode, you're you're just screwed. Yeah, it might be okay. able to get around the video issues, but it won't get around the RAM refresh issues where you're not leaving the SAM enough time to refresh the RAM before it starts losing charges, and then all of a sudden you start getting scrambled. RAM. That sounds like a Dr. Seuss thing here. SAM refresh to RAM. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually uh... tried it with six. I can try it right now if you want. Yeah, try, try to do a double speed poke. Do the 65497 and see if it uh, shites the bed or not. But imagine, like he was mentioning, that the really complex tracks that start to slow down a little bit, like you're probably when you're using like 16 voices simultaneously. Yeah. I think the we could run natively on the Coco 3 in full double speed would probably solve that. Ah, yeah, yes. Scramble. The screen just went straight. Yep, yep. Went, and wackadoodle. Okay. Yeah. That was a curiosity if the Coco VGA could. If that, that would be kind of cool if you had a Coco VGA and you could do the double, the true double speed. You know. Um, yeah, I think you'd need faster RAMs. You'd need a SAM that can handle the faster speed too for the RAM refresh. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you got your hands full now. So you got. I mean, you got some impressive setups there, David. You got. Uh, you know, Cocos with the Coco VGA, you've got 6309s in them, and now you've got the Mega Mini MPI. So you're kind of like up to the 21st century. You're fully decked out on your Coco 2s, huh? 
And yeah, absolutely. And uh, going back to the future, as we talk about these mm. uh, deluxe joysticks here, um, they were recent purchases and they were brand new, uh, new old stock, still wrapped up, still in the plastic. Oh wow! And, um, nice. Yeah, yeah, which was pretty cool. I got two of them. They were on the um, on the uh, Coco Facebook page. One of the members there had uh, listed them up. I think it was about a month ago or something, maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, and he had a whole bunch of them there, and I thought, yeah, I jumped in. And uh, I'd never used a, a, a deluxe joystick way back in the day. I had plenty of the old black ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so to actually get like a, a pair of brand new ones, you know, and un- actually unwrap the plastic was pretty cool. Yeah, that's still neat. Got, yeah, yeah. And, and David, so, have you got a Coco 3, or are you planning on getting one? I've got a Coco 3 on the way. Um, oh, Brian, yeah, Brian was – he's got one there, um, Bryzer. So uh, – yeah, we've been in communication and, and he's sending me one down. It doesn't have a keyboard. Uh, um, I've got to find a keyboard for it. Um, but a Coco 3 well, keyboard. A Coco 1 and 2 keyboard will work. You'll just be missing the four keys. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yep. Does yeah, it yeah, have yeah. the um, telepathy input module? Where it can We're filling out your software. You can, you can read your mind. You can just think to it. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> well, yours, you can talk to it and actually program it to know some basic commands. You can say, <laughs> "Yeah, you imagine that." You know, writing like a Siri program for your Coco, and you say, "Coco, right?" So, uh, Coco, that would be cool. Coco, yeah, yeah. launch SDC Explorer. Coco, put OS work nine. Greatest, but that's what exactly what ears from speech systems yeah. did for the Coco one and two. So, yeah, yeah, but we had the the reverse the uh, the the speech. For the speech, the speaker chip. I can't even speak it. <laughs> the speech ROM pack back in the day. I remember having that and um, borrowing it from our local uh, Coco Computer Club and uh, got that back here. And we would uh, find some random phone number in the phone book and we'd ring them and, and do prank calls with this speech pack. And <laughs> <laughs> you're, being, you're being prank called by a Cylon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. By uh, your yeah. command. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Before, much to mum and dad, much yeah. to mum and dad dismay because they had to pay the phone bills. But yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, a little bit of fun. Yeah, that should be a segment. What? What? How does the speech sound pack say this phrase? You know, <laughs> you just type it and see what it says. Right? It would butcher a few yeah. things. That's one thing we used to do. We used to try and find the the, the craziest surnames in the phone book and, yeah. uh, and <laughs> something that started. With and went for like 26 letters or something and we or Z <laughs> and have uh, 26 letters in it or whatever and we'd ring them up and we'd type their name into the computer and we say, is Mr. up there? Just to find out whether... Because the computer, it would just waffle on this big long string of, of, of just something yeah. that sounded really crazy. So, uh, yeah. You were so cruel in your youth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, what else is going on this week? It's been a light week for Coco stuff. We had a light news. So it's an hour and a half. I almost feel like we're out of show. And this is a short well, show. Well, AGV Game Pack 24 has been released. Oh, and Paris said they're getting close to the end now of the port of everything. And he's even been discussing a little bit on Facebook about the possibility of releasing the code for somebody to make a Coco 3 version of it. Oh, that would be cool. And he's also talking about possibly supporting the Game Master cartridge for the sounds. So we can get the sound like the Spectrum had later spectrums yeah right yeah uh well i'll tell you what i did today i went and saw um captain marvel in the theater the new marvel cinematic universe movie uh and it was pretty damn good i didn't know what to expect 
but I was very pleased with the movie. So I don't know if anybody's a fan of all these Marvel cinema things, but I liked it. Yeah, that was the one that received some uh, uh, bad reviews or something, wasn't it? And then really? people went along and saw it. Yeah, and people were going along and saying it was, it was actually really good. They were saying the reviews were, were wrong. So unless I'm getting that confused with some other movie, but uh, hmm. Honestly, a friend of mine... Yeah, a friend of mine was mentioning something about it, and he said he read some really bad reviews, and he went along and saw it, and he thought it was pretty good. Yeah, no, yeah, I think was, the critics yeah. didn't like it or something, but the the fans are really liking it. So yeah, yeah, I don't maybe know that's that. what it was. Might have been the critics. Yeah. Okay, we just got a link from Jeff in in Facebook saying, "Here's my Coco voice synth." I'm not sure if that's gonna. I don't have Facebook open. I'm not sure if I can grab that link. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Um, no, I mean it was good. Uh, what was the last movie that just came out with uh, freaking uh, Thanos? What was that one called? It was Avengers something Infinity or another. Infinity Wars or whatever it is. Was it Infinity War? I don't know what the hell it's called, but you know the one the one with Thanos. It kind of ended, on, let's just say not a high note. You know what I mean? It was definitely like a cliffhanger, but it really left things in the universe kind of somber, right? And so you go out on that note. You know, you've got nowhere to go but up. And and a couple of things they did to follow that up, which was pretty good. Uh, obviously, it's all been planned in advance. But I think after the after the um, Thanos movie, they released Ant-Man and the Wasp. And that was kind of taking place during the time of the Infinity Wars. But it was, you know, it's still in the same universe, but different characters. But they kind of tie it in at the end. But that one was a little bit more lighthearted humor. You know, the Ant-Man series and that cast of characters is a little bit more like guardians of the galaxy a little bit more tongue-in-cheek humor going on there so that was kind of cool to sweeten it up a little bit and then this one here with captain marvel well it takes place kind of like in the 90s right so um and so it all of this stuff in this movie it's kind of you know an origin story sort of and um but it again ties in to um right after thanos you know so it kind of brings it all back to the Infinity War, but again, it was an it was a nice movie to kind of take your mind off of how kind of doom and gloom that Thanos story ended with the Marvel Universe, and it's kind of bringing it all back and and making you feel like, all right, what's the new one going to be called? Endgame, uh, Avengers Endgame, or something like that. So yeah, the Infinity War's Endgame. Yeah, so you know they're they're definitely kind of stacking the deck here to get hopefully given our heroes a fighting chance. Um, yeah. it, I think it, Ant-Man's going to tie into that too, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since he got shrunk down to subatomic uh, before yeah. everybody started. No spoilers, in case you didn't see it. So. something, how's that? Yeah, well, yeah, he got small, right? So Ant-Man got small. So cool. Hey, David, thanks for sharing that sound with us. That's kind of cool hearing the chiptunes player. And, um, you know, as you start working on all those things you said you were going to do with controlling your your racks of gear back there would definitely like love to hear more of those updates uh from yeah you. I'm, I'm i'm working on uh power supply design for the big modular in the in the background at the moment yeah uh, i was hoping to get that finished this week but with the, i had some health issues as i mentioned earlier on i was yeah actually very high risk of a heart attack well that's uh, not good that's not no good. i, I I had no idea, and uh, yeah, it was. Uh, turns out that uh, I get migraines a lot, so I'm on. Mm-hmm. My doctor gave me medication to help try and prevent the migraines. Turns out I was having an allergic reaction to it, and it was making wow. my 
my blood pressure blood pressure came up at something like 170 on 110. It was absolutely through the roof, and it's normally about like 110 on 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, my resting heart rate was nearly 100 beats per minute, and my heart was skipping beats every like four did or you five say beats. eight? Did you say 800? No, 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 no. 180 over. Uh, oh, that's still a lot. That's still it's, a lot. Yeah, it's the the most. Like, it was. I actually have a heart rate, a blood pressure monitor here, and it was giving me high readings, and I thought there was something yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, middle of the week, I uh, the doctor changed me over onto something different, and everything's back to normal. So yeah, uh, thank God, right? So. But yeah, it was it was a real worry at one point. I was, you know, you I know, couldn't you not would- beat. You would good, think you caught it. Yeah, you would yeah, think people. Yeah, these, absolutely. These doctors went to medical school for something like twelve years, and then they've been practicing and interning and this and that. And you would think somebody who's, you got one job. Your job is to, you know, heal people. <laughs> you know, and somehow they still manage to screw it up. You know, that's why they call it practicing medicine. You know, maybe one of these days they'll get it right. You know, I'll so. get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I do have to say, though, to, in, in his defense, um, that reaction is listed as a potential side effect, but it's listed yeah. as rare. Um, yeah. And I just I happen to be one of the rare cases that actually had an allergic reaction to it. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad you caught it. Yeah, I've, I've had a few yeah. scares like that, too, and I'm, which I'm glad that I caught. Um, it's, yeah, it's, so, you know, family first, but then, you know, your own self, you got to take care of yourself. You're part of the family, right? So... You're, you know, yeah, as far as far as yeah. our priorities, it should be our, you know, mental and physical well-being and family and then everything else. Right. So you got yeah, to have yeah. a couple of priorities there. Um, yeah. So one one other thing with the sound. Remember last week we were talking about which uh, well-known uh, synthesizers back in the day used the 6809 processor. And uh, we got to talking about the Fairlight CMI, the big the big mega sampler, which had uh, between five and six figures, depending on its configuration and price tag, um, used a pair of 6809 processors. Uh, the interesting thing was, I was I'm sitting right in front of a a, 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 a sampler keyboard right now, uh, the Insonic Mirage, which is one of the first um, affordable um, professional sampler keyboards. And little did I know that I was actually sitting right in front of this thing and it uses a 6809 processor. So wow. uh, I've got the thing plugged in and I've got it loaded up and all this, all, everything's connected. I can give you a bit of a quick example. Yeah, of sure. Let's hear it. I'll just see if I can swing okay, it. And Stevie, I posted Jeff's link to you on the, the chat here on this. Is, uh, uh, is it in the Zoom chat? Yeah. Screenshot from the Coco. Okay. Uh, YouTube. Okay. And can yeah. is that something that we can show without worrying about copyright stuff? Uh, from my brief look at it, yes. It's just uh, kind of showing his own do-it-yourself. He made his own little uh, 1980s vintage speech thing. Okay. Using an 20256A-AL2 chip, which I'm not even familiar with, so I'm interested to see or hear what it sounds like. Okay. Well, we'll pull that up as soon as we get our little sample here of 6809 synth. It's uh, little, uh, the original floppy disks, uh, three-and-a-half-inch floppies. Oh, wow. You stick one of them in and you should get the other. Nothing else happening. Reading up samples. Listen to that floppy drive load, huh? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, and the Mellotron I was, I was talking about was a, it was a, a um, 
an analog sampler. It had tape loops on it for each key. And when you press the key, it would literally play a loop of tape for that note. Oh, and they'd wow. have different, yeah, they'd have different things recorded on it. Um, the Moody Blues used it. Um, Led Zeppelin used it for orchestral sounds in some of their tracks. Mm. Um, a lot of the Beatles used it for Strawberry Fields for the flute line. Mm. Um, so uh, the Mirage sampler happens to have a very um, Mellotronish type choir sound, which I actually absolutely love. And this is the sound. It's, uh Sounds nice synth pad sounding there. Yeah. Too bad. I think Zoom is probably killing some of this audio. That maybe the uh, the yeah, auto clipping of the microphone and stuff. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> let me try pulling back the. I'll put the pad on this microphone and then. Uh... Yeah, I think it's the software that's killing it. I think Zoom itself is probably doing some type of noise canceling or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we, we hear it, but it does get kind of lost. But it sounds cool. Yeah. I, I like that top keyboard you're playing, kind of the synthy pad sound that was playing on that one. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's Roland's latest release. It's, uh, uh, Roland, Roland System 8. It's a, a fantastic little keyboard. I love it. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that's the, uh, the Mirage with its... And that run, that's running a 6809. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah, pity about this. You need to have Nick Morenti's over for a shrimp on the Barbie and show him off your whole uh, setup there. Sounds like fun. He can't hey, be help, write, help him write a theme song for Gunstar. For Gunstar, right? Yeah. Yeah, we had a comment earlier saying somebody's still waiting on the OS 9 version of Funstar. So, yeah, <laughs> that was supposed to be done in a weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, Nick's going to try to make me write that once he finishes the main one. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're going to outsource that, right? So, foreign labor. Yeah. I'll um, slough it off on Bill. All right. By so, the this game get a free Mirage keyboard, is it? Not likely, Curtis. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, this is Jeff, Jeff Gubash. Um, I hope I'm not screwing up your name here, Jeff. But here's it's a minute long, 57 seconds. So let's hear this. Formerly game cartridge. Okay. Here are some sound samples. Stephen Hawkins. <laughs> We don't hear anything. Oh, I'm, I'm. Nope, don't hear it. I, I think I stopped sharing system sound, wanting to know if that was going to. Okay, we'll rewind it so you guys can hear it. As I stopped sharing system sound in case that was going to help uh, the other sound coming system. through. Yeah. yeah. All right. There we go. 
Still nothing. Well, it hasn't started yet. This is a little slideshow leading up to it. When you see the speaker, you'll see it. Okay. Would you like to play a nice game of chess? That's funny. Same chip using the Radio Shack build quality somewhat better. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. All right. <laughs> oh, was it saying something? Oh. Yeah, you weren't hearing it. I was hearing something. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it was a little hard to make out some of it. I mean, I knew what I knew a lot of what he was saying. Like he's, one of them, he said, "Do I sound like Stephen Hawkins?" The other one, I really wasn't sure what he was saying at the beginning until it got to the point where he said, "How would you like to play a nice game of chess or something like that?" But it was, yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah, well, it wasn't even the best speech uh, chip that was on the Cocoa. I mean, the Super Voice and Real Talker and others used some better quality speech chips later on. Votrax or whatever was it? No, it's beyond. Votrax actually basically wasn't that good either. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the other one. It was a second generation speech chip that speech systems used to sell um, that had inflections and stuff so you could actually raise and lower the pitch of the voice and stuff so it was a lot smoother. You know what I'd like to do maybe for a minute here? Um, just because we are coming up on on 100 episodes. And yeah, I, I myself, I am not going to have time to even think about doing a best of, right? So maybe rather instead of doing a best of, maybe we can do our own kind of um, little reminiscing here real quick. I'm going to just go through the playlists of uh, of Coco Talk here real quick. And I'm, we're gonna just, I'm gonna just name off the names of the episodes and maybe we can all chime in on some of our favorite episodes. Now we're going back to, um, I'm scrolling through the playlist here on YouTube. Wow, it's just, there's so many freaking episodes. So, and is there still another, another page? Coco Talk number three, John Strong. How, how am I missing? A Coco Talk. Something must not have made it to the. Uh, uh, I think it's when you migrated. Oh, I here we go. All right, they're just kind of out of order here. So we had the pilot episode, which was Coco Fest 2017 discussions. That was episode number one. Episode number two was Nick Morenti's talks about developing and selling new Coco games. That was Coco Talk number two. Uh, Coco Talk number three. John Strong from Strongware shows off projects and development tools. Yeah, I think we were probably seeing some sneak peeks at Handy Andy or something like that, right? So, um, our and so our episodes were going all the way up to our first five episodes um, were leading up to Coco Fest of 2017. So Coco Talk number five was Easter edition, one week until Coco Fest. Merchandise, emulators, games, and more. That was episode five. Now, then I did one that must have been right after Coco Fest that um, was basically, you know, I'm not feeling the blues yet, right? And then Coco Talk number six was a Coco Fest wrap-up show. Um, we actually had our first Beginners and Newbie edition, and I, I don't remember... That's when Grant was the official newbie talk guy. Right. And I think we, and this was probably your idea, Curtis, where you said, well, you know, we get kind of technical. Maybe we should not intimidate everybody and, and throw out the idea of, hey, if anybody wants to ask a newbie question, we can entertain those, right? So, um, 
So episode number seven. Now Grant was, uh, knows so much he's not a newbie anymore, so we yeah, don't do that. Yeah, the, the, the newbie question of the week does not even require, we don't even have Grant on anymore. Grant's became, he, he hosted like two or three times. He became such a big star, he just left, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so Coco. I think he's hosting the Grammys now or something. Yeah, like yeah. So Coco Tech number seven was the beginners and newbies. Number eight, Coco Sprites, embarrassing moments. Um because I think that was a question that was posted in Facebook. What were some of your embarrassing moments that you maybe did back in the day? So we had that one. Um, drive wire on VCC. Pac-Man port video. I think that's when Glenn Hewlett was still working on the um, the game. That's back on Coco Talk number nine. What's your favorite Coco game was number 10. This was kind of a good one. Uh, this was when Tim Lindner... Uh, this was one of our first world premieres, right? So the world premiere of the speech and sound pack being emulated in MAME, right? So we were talking about it, and I think Tim had a schedule conflict that day, so he came on the next day, and we had another episode where we really did a deep dive into that, and we got to hear some samples, and he talked about the project and how he had to reverse the ROM and all kinds of stuff to um, to get that going, right? So, so. Yeah, man, it's been so many different ones, right? So that was uh, number 12, using MAME. And I think Nick Marotta recently said he referenced this one. He went back and um, and did that. Uh, episode 13, Jim Gary Goodies. So we were probably showing off a bunch of his videos, for all we know. That's got to uh, be 200 programs ago already. Yeah, right? And this was our surprise guest where Steve Bjork was in the live chat. I don't think he came on the show yet, but he was in the live chat. Or maybe he was on it. I don't remember. I don't know I if he joined. I think it was live chat that first time. Just yeah. the live chat that totally time. Totally unexpected. Right? So that was in episode 13, and we're on 99 now. So it shows you how long Steve York's been around with us now, right? So media players, dungeons. That was Karen Karen Anscombe's game, Dungeons, which is pretty cool, right? Kind X-Roar. of a hotline phone, yeah. Yeah. I have, as a matter of fact, I'm looking at the cassette of that one right now. It's on my shelf. Multiplayer right? also. Yeah, that's right. Up to four players at the same time. Um, Pac-Man transcode on episode 15. Uh, how to tweak mess UI for Coco emulation. That was a pretty good one, right? Uh, the world premiere of Rick Adams bomb threat was on, uh, Coco talk number 17. So another world premiere on our show when we were still in our teens, you know, now we're in like, we're in the golden years. We're in 99 now. Right. So, um, Mike Rowan, we had an interview, an introduction to OS9 and Nitrous9. That's the thing. Bill Noble gave me a disk image, and that was one of the first times I looked at OS9. That was on Coco Talk 18. Uh, Coco Hardware Retro Innovations talked about the Coco on a chip. I think we had Bill Noble and uh, Jim Brain on really talking about real hardware and uh, emulated hardware. That was was one this of my... when he started trolling? I can't remember. <laughs> That's when he started, yeah. Yeah, right. So that was a good one. I really liked that episode because Bill was really explaining to us how the, at the time, it was called the Matchbox Coco, right? So it was explaining to us a lot about how that kind of stuff worked. And that later became, no, it actually was called Coco on a Chip before it became the Matchbox. Yeah. Before. And now it's Mr. Uh, yeah. Why, why is Curtis Boyle frozen on my screen right now? I had a freaking freeze frame of Curtis smiling there for a minute. Um, Grin, I think it's called. 20 yeah. is when I came on. Ah, Coco Community Challenge, Ron's Garage. So that was the world premiere of Ron Delvo. Yeah. It's in episode 20. Mm -hmm. Forest of Doom teaser. That's kind of cool, All right? So, uh, yeah, it's been from humble beginnings, right? Um, 
uh, episode 21 is when we, we became a podcast. When we went from video to audio to kind of, you know, becoming the king of all media here. Um, podcast. How long ago? Wow. Episode 21 is when we first became a podcast. 70, almost 70 episodes ago, right? So, or more than 70 episodes. So, uh, Ron's Retro Video, Grant's Newbie Question, David's Tech Corner, and more. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Episode 21. Episode 22, Nick Morenti's Pac-Man 1.1 update. I think that's where he changed some palettes and a few things like that. Um, Coco Talk 22 Part 2. Oh, I don't know why this one... Part 2. <laughs> yeah, this might have been the one where I had the cowbell was, thing. That, yeah, it was the one where you had to clip out the... I had, to, I had to break it in half, right? Because the cowbell thing, right? So then we had Basic 09 Talk. Episode 23, the debut of Floppy Talk. If you want to hear David Ladd talk about floppies and formats and tracks and stuff ad nauseum, uh, replay episode 23. Uh, <laughs> I can see for, the lineup starting already. Yeah, you are No in one for, fell asleep. Yeah, you're in for a treat here, boys and girls. Um, <laughs> episode 24, that's where we had live coverage of Nick Morenti's at the Oz K-Fest. And... Um, that's also what was kind of cool about that was um, this was the debut of the Nitrous 9 commercial, the fake one, right? The yep. Nick Marionette commercial. And mm, nobody has start. seen that yet. And so I kind of got Nick's uh, reactions of him watching that for the first time. And we both, we laughed our asses off the first yeah. time we saw it. I laughed so hard that episode, I actually literally had tears in my eyes. So. <laughs> the ease <Waltzing> of Matilda. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, I love it so much that on my next game, I, I fun stuff. I freaking fell off my chair on that one. <laughs> <laughs> my next game, fun stuff, will be released this weekend and available exclusively on ROM cartridge. On ROM cartridge. <laughs> OS9 forever. <laughs> you don't even need to read the manual. <laughs> oh, and this is art imitating life, right? You know, like we actually have the ease of use edition now, which is awesome. So that was great. Um, Hurricane Irma edition. That's when I actually lost power during the (laughs) live streaming that weekend. And we lost power because of the hurricane. Um, New Coco Games, Assembly Optimization, Simon's Latest Demo, and more. Episode 27 became called Ease of Use. Now, was this the first Tandy Assembly? It was. This was Tandy Assembly number one. So we had a pregame show where we had a show before Tandy Assembly. (laughs) uh, Bruce Moore in the live chat says, thank you, you're too kind. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Yes, you're too kind. And thank you. Um, So we had a pregame show. So that was our episode before Tandy Assembly. Then we had a wrap-up show, which would be the episode after Tandy Assembly. Uh, then I aired a roundtable discussion that we had that we had recorded during Tandy Assembly. Um, community drama. I think this was one of the first times we had an issue with the sound chip. I don't remember. I think what had happened back here was Ed Snyder released a development kit, and then I think then John Strong or John Linville released one. I don't remember who released one first, and then I don't know. Comments were exchanged, Ed. and you know it was one of the you know there was a there was some tit for tat going on there and so we tried to talk about that a little bit um (laughs) so this was i don't know what what was the date of this one here uh the rainbow revival so this that's interesting this was 
from what was the date of this 2017 october of 2017 so that's when we were getting into the first time where everybody was getting excited about the rainbow so now where are we at now we're at 2019 right so october of 2017 so that was almost 2018 so it's been it's been a good year it's only been 16 months yeah 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 so the first time we were talking about Revolve, and and technically it, it happened, you know, Ron Delvaux made it made a magazine, so we can't we can't say nothing happened there. Right. Um, so we had the Rainbow Revival, uh, Forest of Doom launch party, another debut on episode thirty two, a lot of world premieres. So that was kind of cool, All right? Again, to hardware talk on thirty three, uh, Grant Leedy was our first special guest host on on episode. 34 so that was for 33 episodes i had not missed a show right so it was episode 34 was when we had grant leedy as our as our first guest host we had a thanksgiving edition and nitrous nine update uh coco christmas wishes was episode 36 we had some christmas demos paul thayer and and timberman and episode 37 um, episode 38 was the Forest of Doom live stream and contest. We had a Christmas Eve episode. Then we had our best of, thanks to Brian. That's when somebody won Rush. the cup of douche too, wasn't it? Or yes, the mug of douchery, right? So, <laughs> um, we had a Christmas Eve. We had a best of. We had a New Year's Eve. We had a, a, our second after dark. So somewhere around in here, we started after dark. Coco Talk after dark started right around episode 30. Man, there's so much history. It's it's hard to, you know, you forget um, all the things we did. And we have a, vo- a Best of Volume 2, our first show of 2018, Coco Talk After Dark number 3, CMOC Compiler. I think Boise Pete joined us that time, and he was talking to us about CMOC and the things he was doing with that. Our first Why Did Tandy Do That? And the question was memory and RGB versus composite, right? So that was our that was our first segment there. Why did I think Tandy Nick do that? Nick had something to do with that latter one. Um, yeah, right. So that debuted on episode forty-four, right? So man, we got so many freaking episodes. You know, Coco Crew podcast review. Why did Tandy do that on forty-five? Another one. Troll talk. I think this was that time where that guy came in the group and just tried pissing all over the Facebook yep. group. He was commenting and saying, yeah, that would have been good back in 1987. <laughs> you know? oh, just pissed everybody off, right? So and just basically dissing in the whole retro thing, period. Yeah, right? So I was like, why are you here? Um, episode 47 was great. I can't remember the guy's name, but he was talking about the Brazilian sure clones. Let's the, see uh, if I put his name in the credits. Um he had like four or five names, right? So you know how those Spanish guys are. They got like 19 names to him, right? So what what was his name? His name was, let's see. Okay. Oh. Uh, so it was Juan Carlos Castro E. Castro. There we go. Juan Carlos Castro E. Castro was his name there. So, um, yeah, and he was really giving us the whole story of, of Brazil and the clones and all that kind of stuff. That was really cool. Yeah, and the loose copyrights they had for the software and all kinds of stuff. Oh, that, right. that was actually a good show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So episode 47, Brazilian clones. All right, so if anybody wants to know which ones to uh, play in your spare time, maybe we're giving you some ideas here. Temple of Rom Talk. I think this is when uh, they first started uh, showing some of the teaser clips of a new and improved Temple of Rom game, right? 
And of course now, and Curtis, you keep freezing on me. You're, you, Curtis keeps freeze framing. Hey, Tony Pedraza has joined us. Hey, Tony. Um, I'm not doing anything in the background. No, it's just, it's, it must be uh, Zoom doing that. Um, so I don't remember the guy's name, but he started, this was the first time we started talking about a new 3D Temple of Rom, right? Uh, this is when David Ladd got really excited about serial ports and ESP modules and RS-232, right? Um, we had uh, a St. Patrick's Day edition. I don't know what we talked about. Probably something stupid, right? We had, a, this was, I think, we an hour and seven minutes. So this episode was called Shortest Show Ever. Because even by, by this time, we were probably into three-hour shows. So this was a one-hour show. So that was our shortest show ever. Easter... Uh, edition was three hours, uh, two weeks until Cocoa Fest. So this would have been leading up to Cocoa Fest 2018, right? So episode 53 was two weeks away from that. Um, then we have uh, Cocoa Fest is a week away. We're counting down Cocoa Fest. That was episode 54. Episode 55, Cocoa Fest wrap-up show where we probably talked about what we did at Cocoa Fest. <laughs> this was a good one. This was another one where I was not there. This was probably the second time that I was not hosting. I think Grant and you guys co-hosted, but we had Thomas Cherry Holmes from Errata Online on the show. That was a really good episode. Um, I think I was in Georgia that weekend. Um, community Stuff, episode 58. And this was the debut of us appearing live on Roku, was episode 58 here. Uh, Memorial Day weekend, KorgsCon. So that was our own correspondent, Jason the Coco Man Reichert bringing us live footage from KorgsCon. So that was kind of fun. News from around the world. I have no idea what the hell that was, but it's probably good. When right. was it we talked about the new, neutron bomb or whatever? The, oh, the, um, EMP. Or the yeah. EMP. Yep. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yeah, Bill's here. Maybe we can get a repeat on that one. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> Lightning doesn't strike twice, huh? Uh, another world premiere, Coco Forever launch party, right? So that was episode 62. Assembly. Then we started our assembly series on episode 63. Man, you forget how many things. Assembly part two, hardware. Core dump debut on episode 65. That was the beginning of the uh, core dump right there. So uh, the rage quit episode, right? So assembly oh, part is. three. Uh, basic unraveled. I think we spent a heck of a lot of time unraveling basic because my head unraveled at that point in time. You don't have a way to go to that rage quit area on the video? Uh, sure. Hey, everybody. I'm Stevie Stroh. Yeah. Let's get to the rage quit. Well, here you can see. Here we you go. Right where it is. Here we go. Here it is. Because this is the edited version right here. All right. So here we go. Well, it takes less than half the time because you, you aren't just, um, you're cutting the number of passes through the loop in half, but you're also cutting the number of tests of your address in half. For those of you who are listening right now on the audio podcast, you might want to, um, pull up the video portion of this because this is the three minute warning i actually guys we need to end this or i will rage quit so you can see <laughs> and then exactly three minutes from that point is when the 
button was pressed. So here we go. <laughs> Countdown. Three minutes to meltdown. All right, so here we yeah, go. Yeah, see if you're down the loop or not. Like, you know, there we right. go. So let's, and, and let's it, scrub forward makes, a little bit. There we go. Uh, uh, I'm going to scrub forward a little bit here. And you're like still, you guys are still babbling. <laughs> I don't think most yeah, of us no, saw you. They just kind of had a boilerplate version of it, and they just quickly poured it into right, everything. Right, right. Well, they, they took the 6800 code. They made a handful of <laughs> My headphones are off at this point. They said, I am not messing with that flow. <laughs> I didn't realize you gave a gave a countdown there, Stevie. No, this is the edited version. That, that was edited after seeing what was broadcast live for episode six. <laughs> I just hit the button, Frank. Yeah, and so, took the whole stream down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So episode 66, yes. If you want to hear Curtis and James Diffendaffer talk about the basic ROMs, you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> you managed to do what even Floppy Talk couldn't do. We got Steve to read. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did what David Ladd couldn't, right? <laughs> um, now, this was a good one, too, because we were wanting to get Ron Klein on forever, the guy who kind of spearheaded the uh, Cocoa Pie project on the Raspberry Pi, kind of put everything together. So we got Ron Klein on finally to hear it in his own words and um, talked about how we're, um, he was going to be including a lot of support for the Dragon at that time. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, 10,000 downloads was somewhere on episode 68. That was Assembly Language Part 4. VCF West, I had some great correspondence there. So that was great on episode 69. Dennis Bathroy Kitts was on episode 70. Um, Abe Vagoda. Because you guys were talking about Bill Vergona, right? Or something yeah. like that. So we ended up calling that one Abe Vagoda. That was the running gag for that show. That was fun. Coca Talk episode 72 live. I have no idea what that one was about, but it came right after 71, right? So. <laughs> Thanks for narrowing that down. Yeah. Nothing notable. Yeah, so we're just um, fulfilling our contract time, you know. It's that's it. Put stuff out. That's I remember similarly... what it meant Aunt Pagoda was still alive. I don't know. Yeah, right. Uh episode seventy-three, assembly part uh, six, and we have seventy-four, a mixed bag of community content. Episode seventy-five, assembly part seven, VCF Midwest thirteen wrap up. We had all the show and tell of our pictures and stuff like that, right? So. Mm -hmm. um, and then we had 76, Assembly Part 8, 77, Assembly Part 9, Assembly Part 10. Eric Critchlow joined us. That was great hearing some of his stuff. Nice interview there. Episode 79. When did you when it when did you first Coco? Oh, and this is where um we didn't have a tech segment, so Nick Morenti's uh, bailed us out and did some live ed tasming for us. Showed us how to do some. <laughs> and stuff you didn't and... rage quit that one? Gee. No, no, because yeah, he's not as boring as you, Curtis. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> that's, that's true. Um, so, one, one thing I want to mention before you go any further, though, I, there was a lot of other interviews that I don't think got mentioned in the title. Like we interviewed Chris Latham and and some others. Too, well, that but... wasn't on Coco Talk. That was just an interview. Oh, that was. So a, I have a, I have a different I have a different playlist oh, yeah. for, for interviews. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Doug or uh, Dale. Dale Lear and, and Dale Lear, uh, Rick Adams, yeah, um, yeah. So VCF Midwest, man, so many episodes. Assembly Part Eric Critchlow interview that was great. 
when did you first Coco? Assembly part 11, moving a dot. That's where we actually did a demo. Uh, 81, Vectrex talk. That's when we had Willie come on, right? So um, That was neat. Yeah, talking about the Vectrex. That was cool. Tandy assembly weekend. So this was Tandy assembly number two. And so we had some live correspondence going on there. Then we had an after dark with more Tandy assembly. Episode 83, hosted by the Internet's own Grant Leedy. So that was like the second or third time that Grant uh, co-hosted the show. We had Turkey Talk, a special Thanksgiving edition. That wasn't even like numbered, right? That was just kind of out there. So we went from I 83 remember to we all chewed the fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we had a turkey talk, and then we and you notice we, we at this point we're at the after dark number twenty two. So by the time that we reached episode eighty, we already had twenty two after dark. So we technically already did a hundred freaking episodes, twenty episodes True. ago. You know, so eighty four Thanksgiving, eighty five OS nine forever. This is when we had um, drawing a blank on the guy's name right now. Alan but the guy, Alan Badinger, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh -huh. Alan Badiger. And so this was a great string of episodes here. So we go from Alan yes, Badiger from OS9 to Frank Hogg. Mm -hmm. Then we had Ben Drake. era. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we, and we had Ben Drake's, the guy showing off our VR stuff. And we had Dale Puckett on the show. Sockmaster. Uh, and we're, now we're into 2019. Fixing his monitor, which was the awesome stuff. Yeah, beating on his monitor, right? <laughs> yeah. So that was good stuff, right? <laughs> Gunstar and, and Digger 3 and Jersey Talk. This is where Tom C. hosted the show for us, right? Episode 91. Straight from Jersey. Uh, right? Then we have special guest Marty Goodman on episode 92. You know what I mean? It's just like, man, how are we going to... Uh, episode 93 live. 94, we picked a new time. 95 was a special guest. We were trying to get Marty back on, but it didn't work. And so I think Dennis... We're trying to get Marty and Dennis together. Couldn't get Marty yeah, back on. Yeah, stories. That would be an awesome show. Yeah. Um, game Dev Talk. This was a good one. Nick Marotta. And then Music Last Week. So, man, we've had so many episodes as we're coming up on, on 90, 99, 100 episodes. If you were to ask plus me. Plus, we have After Darks. Plus, we have interviews. So, I mean, there's, there's a yeah, lot of we've had Yeah, we've had 25 After Darks. Uh, I mean... I wouldn't necessarily go on, go out on a limb and, and vouch for the quality of every episode, but we can definitely say we should win points for quantity. <laughs> <laughs> Just flood them until they like it. That's what Yeah, that's what. right? So flood the market, right? So that that was, man, that was 98 episodes. Um, I, I got to say, one of my favorite episodes, and I mentioned, I told you guys before, was that one where... I wasn't on it, you know, and, and it was the one, gosh, should I go back to the list? It's the one that Grant hosted, right? And I don't even remember everybody who was on it, but it was just really good. It was in the last six months or so, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you were in Georgia again. Yeah, yeah. So it was just like, it was really cool. And and the thing that I love about this is that, you know, I've said this before, but, you know, the show is bigger than anyone you know this show to me this show is uh, a testament to you know our community right so uh there's a lot of us on True. here we're, we're all diverse some we got some people on here who are you know living legends we've got some people on here who are hardware or software experts we've got some you know experts the in their field 
We have you know, some we've people got that are legends in their own minds. Legends in their own minds. <laughs> You've got the you know the enthusiasts and the hobbyists, and so I think this show the trolls, the trolls. You know, I think this show is a great encapsulation of of our community because our community is got all kinds of people in it it's got people who've been around the coco you know uh, the that word luminaries you know that i hear people talking about you know so there's a lot of luminaries there's there's you know there's curtis boyle you know so i mean it's just i don't count under any of those categories <laughs> hired um, help that works for free you know but you know you get we have people in our community like ed snyder who makes this incredible hardware we've got jim brain who makes this incredible hardware we got richard lorbieski who makes incredible hardware then we got all your software guys matter of fact it was that episode that grant hosted i forgot what number it was but i remember towards the end Nick Morenti's made the comment. He goes, do you realize that there are five game developers right now all together talking at the same time? You know, so there was Nick Morenti's, there was Chet Simpson, there was Steve Bjork. Uh, that's three. I don't remember who else was there. Probably Rick Adams was there. There was a few more. But it's like, you know, people from the past and the present and the future all on the same time, you know, all talking about just talking out loud about making video games. I mean, it was really cool. It gave me chills when he said that. It's like, man, this is really cool, you know? And it's like, none of this was planned, and, and you can't plan this, you know? Yep. And I have to say, like, I, they're not officially part of all the episodes. Some of them are separate. Some of them are part of the episodes. My favorites have been the interviews with some of the game developers and some of the other developers. That's the ones I've... I like the best, just because you learn the history and you learn stories from behind, you know, how some of the stuff was yeah. developed that nobody's <clears throat> ever heard of before. The deep dive... Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like having Chris Latham on here talking about, you know, how he paid for his first car selling Donkey King and stuff like that and part of his college tuition. And, yeah. And stories yeah, of you know, Rick and and Dale, you know, carpooling and discussing game development and stuff, you know, when they were going to work at the same place in, in, San, or in uh, California. So it's just tons of stuff. Tons of history that wasn't hasn't been anywhere else. Hasn't been in Rainbow. Hasn't been in Hot Cocoa. It's never been in the magazines. And now we've, we're learning these stories now, so. Yeah, yeah. And not to mention all the little comedy bits that happen uh, accidentally being a live show. I mean, remember yeah. the EMCs and, and the, yeah, the EMPs and what the David Brink and uh, rather. Yeah, I, we've got so many segments like the commercial for the boomerang. Rob Inman made that commercial for us. So people who have been um, kind of like fans of the show who kind of get the humor, they've created this great content for us. Our first two. Um, our first two best of episodes that Brian Joyce put together. Those were great. You know, we've got uh, Ken Reichert's made a ton of bumpers and commercials and stuff for us. And well, the stuff and Bruce did is great. Bruce Moore's oh, stuff. Bruce. Is, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, so, you know, the, the Coco crew has Myro and Myro is an amazing guy, but what, what we don't have a Myro, but we got a lot of other guys that are, you know, we've got a plethora of kind of crowdsourced bonus content from Eat a lot lunch. of people. Yeah. Uh, again, all unexpected. Yep. So you you just couldn't plan this. You just couldn't. We couldn't do this on purpose. Content, Tony Pedraza has joined us. Tony Pedraza, vice yeah. president of the Glenside Color Computer Club. <laughs> Are you in the Library of Congress right now, Tony? Now you're muted. You're still muted. Now, now you're not <laughs> muted. No, he's, he's not in the Library of Congress. Are you in the basement of Congress? <laughs> no. He's hiding. He's hiding. Welcome, Tony. Spe speaking of unexpected pleasures, having you on these past few weeks has been great, too. Just joining us and 
keeping us abreast of what's going on with Coco Fest this year. You mean you're just a big boob? Mm, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> keeping us abreast, yes. Uh, uh-huh. So we, we did mention earlier you posted there's only two tables left, right, for exhibitors? That is correct. In the main room. In the main room, right, until we get into the overflow. Yeah. I'm sorry, I missed that. What? And, and, and then you have overflow. So once the main room is full, there's overflow. That is correct. So that's good. That's good that we're almost at, at capacity, right, with exhibitors and whatnot. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. That's a good problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, Coco Fest was the inspiration for this show. And here we are 99 weeks later, still talking about the Coco. Well, Coco, Coco Fest is going on 29 years now, so we can't really, <laughs> you know, 29 years is a little bit more of a crowning achievement than 99 episodes, but <laughs> it's still well, I think all they a... help feed each other, which is good. It's kind of yeah. symbiosis between us promoting the fest when we first started and the fest has been growing and the fest has sent some new people our way to come watch and even join the show like, like Tony himself. Yeah, Coco will never die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we all have at least one thing in common, right? And that's the our love for this machine, and 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 everything else, right? So, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Was uh, episode ninety seven was the longest in history? In the, oh, was that what, the was five it? hour one? That might be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. It was ninety six or ninety seven. I think it was. Yeah. You know, it's like if I didn't go through that list and I've already forgotten half the stuff I just read off of that list. But if I didn't go through that list, I, you know, it's, it's like, again, there there are times probably maybe maybe two dozen times out of the 100 episodes where we knew in advance who was going to be on <laughs> at the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. The planning so the, hasn't been our strong suit. But. Yeah, yeah. So, um, hey, Brian Palmer's here. Bryce is in the live chat. Mad City's in there saying many Cocoa Cats, right? Yeah, but I think this show has definitely been a good cross-section of the community. Yeah. And, and, you know, um, it kind of exemplifies the diversity in our community, but not only diversity, but uh, unity, you know? Yep, I would agree with that. Hmm. I mean, there's little squabbles every once in a while, but every community has it. Every family has that. But uh, for the majority, we've been pretty supportive of each other. Camaraderie. Yeah. 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 And even beyond the show, just the Cocoa community in general. I mean, the, the Facebook group is still expanding. The Cocoa Fests are still expanding. Yep. Yeah, even just the, the short amount of time. still expanding. So, you know, it's all good. Just the short amount of time that I've been a part of the uh, Facebook group. I've seen it. Like, the membership is just or the, the number of posts um, per day has just increased almost exponentially, it seems. So yeah. really encouraging. It seems like we pick up a new person or three every week on, the, yeah, right. on Facebook. Yeah, we just had uh, Peter Stark who did Star Kits and, and actually, you know, sold software commercially. And he was quite famous in the, in the old days, uh, advertising in Rainbow and CCN, et cetera, that his advertisements actually had a little information column and he used to give away software for free and his son, just joined the Coco group. And I guess he actually helped write a couple of the early pieces when he was young. Hmm. Be a good guy to get on, on here too, to interview about his dad. Cause his dad was one of the very first freeware type people who actually gave away some of his software for free. Oh, wow. In the early eighties. So cool. That is cool. So Ron, get on him since you're the, yeah. the fancy yeah. hiring guy. Oh, well, right now my resources are toward the 
Rainbow Magazine right now. That's okay. right. And you better not forget it. Nope. Every, <laughs> time I have. that camaraderie we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mikey is saying that he, he seems that the mailing list might be declining. Because Facebook may be expanding, but I have noticed recently that the mailing list seems yeah. to be declining. The last so. week has really slowed down a lot. It went for like a day and a half with hmm. no posts. Yeah, there was a few uh, this week that I remember, like, well, Parrish always announces his uh, AGD kits in there, too. But there's been a few other comments. But, yeah, it's it's been slow for a while, though, I'd be honest. I don't think it's. I don't know. I mean, I listen, I, I'm glad that it is a good resource. And I know it's helped a lot of people that mailing list, and it's been around forever. It's 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 a part of history. It's kind of like the Olympic torch where it got passed from one to another to another. So it's still going. And that's good, but I don't, I don't know. For me, the mailing list just—I don't know. It's too technical, and I'm not a technical person. There, there, the people we—you try to elicit engagement on things that you think would be a little bit more of a social topic, and you don't get any engagement. But you, the the stupidest things—they want to debate ad nauseum. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like, it, it, if the mailing list was a person, I would call that person an obnoxious douche. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just you know somebody who i don't want to hang out with <laughs> i don't know if you were to composite the, the mailing list into one individual that'd be somebody i wouldn't have a beer with you know so it's just like i, I know we there it's it's weird what people get passionate about and when they decide to get passionate and you yeah. can't control that you know but i, I think the, part of the other reason that that, that that group in particular is probably declining too is that we're getting into much more audio and visual our show being a good example or showing screenshots of projects that are being worked on or pieces of hardware that people are developing and the list is basically just text you don't get to do any of that so usually you find a link in there and you have to go to facebook or you have to go to youtube to finish reading what the list post was about so that i think some people are just going well why am i bothering i'll just put it on facebook or youtube and everybody will find it that way yeah yeah that's the really good thing about the facebook group is i mean you know they say the number of facebook users is one point something billion i mean that's one person in five is on it's facebook. closer to two actually is it okay? Yeah. So, <laughs> one person in uh, three is on Facebook. <laughs> so yeah, if you're gonna want to be found, that's where you want to go. You know, yeah. if you don't like Facebook otherwise, it's a good place to put up a little flag so people can find you. Yeah. Yeah. You I know, think, and uh, you find uh, just because I think it's fine too with that uh, one in what is it one in two or one in three or whatever it is that's on there. Most of that will be the Western world. And most of the Western world are the ones that are into, you know, we're, yeah. you know we're, that's where the cocos are popular. So you probably find that just about everybody who's who's been into a cocoa or whatever is going to have a Facebook account. Right. And yep. there, yeah, there, is a, there is a percentage of people who are anti this social establishment. So there are people who won't get a Google account. There are people who won't be on Facebook. There are people who are, you know, really adamant about their privacy and while i don't necessarily agree with that i respect it I, I guess i just don't care myself about my own privacy but you know there are some people who are like i won't be on facebook i won't be on social media and that's fine and, and it's also unfortunate um but i would say most people are and again this this is kind of how i look at it i know we have a lot of people who are technical and you can really get into the becoming a human white paper and that's great but I think most of us here in the panel, we could all sit down and have a beer. And honestly, I would rather hang out with people that I could sit down and have a beer with. Um, and if somebody 
if somebody who doesn't want to be on Facebook, if they still want to have a beer, that's fine. But, you know, I don't want to hang out with people who don't want to sit down and drink a beer. <laughs> you know, so that's the kind of it's like when we hang out in the lobby at a Cocoa Fest at night. That's the kind of people I want to hang out with. So if if that is or is not the mailing list or if that is or is not who's on Facebook, I don't know. But for me, I'd rather just hang out with people who want to hang out and shoot the breeze, you know. So. Yeah. And my personal opinion is, I mean, Facebook does have security and advertising giveaways of your information issues. But if you're going to be joining it for the Coca community only, like if you're not on Facebook already because you don't trust it for all that stuff, make an account that has as minimal information about you as you want just to be able to join the Coca community and just stick with that. You don't have yeah. to like publish pictures of your kids or, you know, what you ate yeah. for lunch or anything like that. You can skip all that stuff. It's not necessary. And yeah. then you'll maintain your privacy because you're not giving anything away except for the fact you like the cocoa. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Good point. Yeah. Oh, like, like you said, Stevie, it's just, to me, it's just really, um, you know, I've got like two Google accounts and I've got two, two YouTube accounts and, you know, I've got two Facebook accounts <laughs> and I'm a Gemini. So, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> me um, too. Me too. Yeah, well, there you go. I Same mean, here. To me, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's probably, you know, they've got all our information anyway. You know, to me, it doesn't matter. I live, I'm, you know, I'm single. I live alone, except with my cat. Yeah. <laughs> um, so really, I mean, that stuff doesn't really matter to me. If they're going to have all the information anyway, then so what? What am I doing that I've got to hide, really? Yeah. I'm just living my life, you know, staying staying out of uh, out of the way of, of causing trouble and and making my music and playing with my cocos and, and whatnot. So really, uh, I just feel it as something that's it's not an issue. It's not a problem. Yeah. So, yeah. so since you're single, would that be your living room? Uh, it is actually, yeah. It's always- <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that at my in my house. Yeah. My living room is a shrine of a place where people Domestic. come. And it's you know, well, clean and nice. And we sit yeah. on the couch and there's TV. There's a huge difference in um, either single people versus married people and uh-huh. people with kids versus people who don't have kids. Because the people who don't have kids, their houses are nice. They've got nice furniture. They've got like fancy rugs on the floor. They've got, you know, china cabinets and bookshelves and other things. When you've got kids, it's like, you know, it's like uh, my youngest kid's still 10. It's like there is not a room in my house that does not have a pile of kid crap in it somewhere. Like our living rooms <laughs> have got kid crap in it. Family rooms got kid crap in it. You know, it's just like your house is a storage unit for all your kids' crap. You know, so it's, <laughs> and an I'm my own kid. Yeah. So, it's I mean, it's like that cartoon I posted. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Your sure. wife says, oh, you did the dishes and you're folding laundry, but you're not buying another cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was good. And yeah, David good. goes, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have I've that. got a comment for about something I just found. Oh, yeah. What's that? On, uh, what is it? Um, midistart.com. A group called Tandy. They've got a song called Running Scared. Oh, yeah? Well, I don't know if I can play it because we'll probably get a copyright notice from YouTube. But, uh, like, we played some stuff from the band TRS-80. There's a band called TRS-80. And I even got verbal and written permission, or not verbal, but at least written permission from the, uh, from the, the band to play their songs. But YouTube still got me because the copyright's owned by some electronic algorithmic corporation somewhere so um mm. yeah yeah i gotta be real careful about it. even showing a video I, I, I gotta be real careful about anything i show on youtube 
Uh, so tens of twenties of cents are on the line here. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I mean, that's one of the nice things for both us and the other podcast too, is that we have some original musicians in both groups. So we can actually at least do segments and, and advertisements and stuff with our own music. So we don't have to worry about that kind of stuff yeah. until Steve starts making too much money. And then Bruce and I will definitely be starting to charge him. So <laughs> now, yeah, take, we... take a percentage. Don't go for a fixed rate. Take a percentage. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing I had to be careful of when I was looking for the, uh, when I was, demonstrating the chip tune player there but there's a really good version of aha's take on me and i thought oh, that'd be cool to do and i thought nah copyright so uh mm. i deliberately went through that list and found something that was was upbeat and demonstrated the, the audio capabilities of it well but without you know trying to infringe copyright yeah mm. i wonder how the uh algorithms would catch something that was done as a midi file versus the original recording i don't know if the MIDI version would trigger a copyright algorithm or not, especially you know? if the uh, yeah. wave sa samples don't match, you know, if it's yeah. same, a, you'd be, but you you'd know. actually be, yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised. It's actually, uh, I'm actually blown away by how accurate um, those algorithms are for the most part. Um, yeah. I have put up music before that's been, you know, completely different instrumentation to what the original song had. Yeah. And all, all it, all that would be recognizable there would be the melody line or something like that, and it's come up with a, with a copyright. Wow, so, wow! Hmm. If only those algorithms could catch terrorists or something like that. You know, something useful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you see, Mikey's yeah. comment in the chat too. What's that? Said uh, he shared that cartoon that Ron did there. Okay. And, uh, she was not happy. Thanks, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> She who must be obeyed is that what is that what he calls his uh, significant other? That's, that's correct. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's been an it's been an amazing ninety nine episodes. You know, pimp your cocoa with the rainbow rope. Who's pushing that, Jeff? Now, pimp. Your... Jeff, I can't click those links um, directly from from um youtube because i'm not watching youtube i don't know if you can put let me see if i can find it jeff just posted another link uh i gotta find it i got too many tabs open uh coco talk extremely cat yes it is definitely extremely cat friendly show and <laughs> i don't want to give anything away but there's a there's a cat reference in the new uh, um, marvel uh, miss marvel universe movie thingy whatever's going on there uh where did it go where's that live chat i'm trying to pull it up here from youtube or from facebook i can't find the link you just you just sent rondo vo my coco cats bruce moore force of doom where did it go okay my diy coco voice synth i have that one in there i'm looking at this in facebook i don't see the link you just posted from jeff where it says pimp your coco with this rainbow rope i, I can't find that link all right, never mind. I can't find it. I was gonna. I actually went over to Facebook to try to find it so I could pull it up. So, um, what is Mark Overholz saying? Coco talks extremely cat friendly. Yes, definitely. I've got a cat. Jason's got a cat. Mark, David, O'Connor's got a cat. Who else has got a cat? We've had a few people with with pets on here. So, um, no shortage of cats on this show. 
Is it Cat Tail in the picture there right now? With, um, yeah, right. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. Tony Pedraza says he has a cat too. I know. Ron's yeah, got yeah. Pearl. That was Shadow, right? Because last week he was getting. I heard Linda yelling at Shadow, and Tony's like, "My name is not Shadow." <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so used to hearing wives yelling in the background. I don't know who they're yelling at. I tune it all out, you know. So it's just wah wah wah. <laughs> sort of interchangeable. Rise with yelling at me, no matter which yeah, one. Yeah, right. Hey, Steve, Steve, were you gonna? cover at all um ed snyder's uh christmas present that he got the um french computer oh is that ROM in it? i missed it no i missed it he has it's it's down a ways in the uh trs 80 color computer coco group anyway it um he got a this coco 2 that came with um it says on it <clears throat> what's it say uh studio how do they say it? Studio, S-T-U-D-I-A-L. It says Tandy TRS-80 Studio on the top. Okay. And, uh, it had stickers all over the keyboard. Ah, uh, saw that one. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. It had a ROM in it that uh, just did a typing tutor type mm. program, and it came up white instead of green. And it, you couldn't even put a ROM pack in it because all it did was this one little program. It was pretty interesting. interesting uh, yeah. I'm pretty scrolling down trying to find it. It's way down they spell, on they spell, uh, the Cocoa They spell group. color correctly on it, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with or without the U. <laughs> and uh, the board doesn't have any. Um, it, it was, it's an RGB. Uh, really? Cocoa. Yeah. Well, didn't didn't it have like C cam or something? There was somebody that posted one recently. Yeah, I remember somebody French mentioning one. that. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, as I'm scrolling through Facebook right now, just to give you an idea. So, and unfortunately, the thing about Facebook, it's going to show you things. And is there a way to change the the order of most recently commented versus you, recently posted or something? You could search. Um, there used there used to be an option to change that, but it seems like that. Facebook always change things around and remove yeah, things. Yeah, so it. you never know how it's going to display. Um, okay, so because whoever comments last, that thing gets bumped to the top. Right. Uh, Sheldon McDonald just posted something. Anyone with a Game Master cartridge can try this file out. It shows that basic and is very capable of playing music. So here's actually a ROM cartridge. That's kind of cool. Um Todd Wallace asking a question. When it comes to the day-to-day -day task in the Cocoa, such as file management and loading programs, which method do you like to use? Keyboard and menu, arrow keys, text commands, or mouse? And it looks like keyboard is the winner here. Um, now, this was a guy posting a video where he basically said, look, my joystick wasn't working well. He showed a before and after, and then I guess he fixed it. And so I guess he changed some capacitors in the joystick and got that working. Hey, Bryza's joined us. Hey, Bryza. Hey, we're live. Look at that. Here's live Coco Talk Live on Coco Talk Live as we're live. So um, keep going. Some, somebody asking a question. Is there a simple memory command or memory test, right, for the Coco 3? Um, Does print mem work on Coco 3? Yeah, but it only reports yeah. basic, so it still only reports up to 32K. Ah, uh, right, right, right. Same issue. We hmm. showed that one off. We showed off. What is this here? Can someone. Okay, we're looking for Ed Snyder, right? There's the white cocoa, there's Brian Weasler, there's the sound cartridge, speech sound pack, there's the multi-pack. Here's one where a guy said, uh, someone I know in the Go gaming community wrote this in 6809 assembly. Um, 
What is this like a a fellow type game? Kind of looks that way. It's somewhat similar. It uh, okay. goes a little bit different, though. Okay, here's like uh, number 24 in the uh, game pack. Uh, anyone in Canada showing Coco 3? This was kind of cool here. What is this? Is this a real one or is this a reproduction? MSI. That might okay. be the real thing. Our computer and video what game auction. We're having some amazing stuff this time from Ataris to Apples and even a very rare MSI 8080. Ooh, wow. That looks pristine. What actually, what is it? What does it do? Is it like a... It's a clone of the Altair. It's a 8080-based uh, S100 bus system. It's like a 1975, 74 circa. That's what a home computer used. I think, I think okay, okay. it was like 76, 77. Because the Altair was 74, 75, I think, in the end. Yeah, this was just after. These came Lots after of it. blinky lights on it, so that's cool. Yep. Uh, Gunstar blog update number 15. Chapter 15 in the Gunstar blog is up. This was a question about the cassette for the XPad program. And so this is, uh, I think somebody commented this was <clears throat> whatever was in the manual, whatever type in demos were in the manual was on this cassette. Here's Ed. Okay. Fedor's there. Where the hell's Ed Snyder, dude? Come. Don't, don't need to see yeah, Here, here's, the comments. Here's, here's Mark's, uh, here's uh, Rondell Vos picture, right? Last uh, night yeah. you did the dishes. Today you're folding the laundry. I don't care what you do. You aren't buying another cocoa. <laughs> Look at his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Devil woman. Right, so. so that got some good feedback. All right. So I'm getting tired of looking here. Right is this it right here? That's it. That's it. Yeah. You got it. Oh, look at that little. What the hell is that pad thing? I don't right know there? what that is. These keys are worn out. They must have had like some stickers on top of these keys, like yeah. these ones here. Next yeah. view, he cleaned it. Mm. Ah, yeah. Big difference, huh? Look at that. What does that on. say right there? Studio. What does that say? Studio. Studio. S T U D I A L. Uh, there's somebody I, else that got one like that too. I posted a link on uh, YouTube. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a special video connector. Yeah, yeah. RGB on the it's back. R yeah. It's RGB. Yeah. yeah. And it goes out to take the start a, connector. Take a look at the motherboard. Super clean. Yeah, that was before, a, huh? Doesn't have an RF can. Yep. No mm. RF can on here. Yeah. Yep. Look at that. What is that little slot right there? I wonder. That's for the keyboard. keyboard. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the that's so that's not like a Mylar connection. That's so it's more. Oh, yeah. Mylar slits in there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. In the comments, there's actual pictures of the ROM. Or that you know, when he booted it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool looking. Of course, now that my browser zoomed in, it's all screwed up. I can't get it out. Now that's really interesting. I uh, we got eighteen, nineteen comments on here, right? Right. Those were the pictures of a him booting it up. See, oh, okay. That's what comes up. Oh, we have a choice. Uh -huh. Do we have a choice here? We have a, oh different keyboards. That's probably why they had the stickers on because you could change the keyboard. Okay. Oh, so you could change well, the key layout. Yeah. yeah. You're a fart smeller uh, there, Rondova. Okay, go, go the next <laughs> one. Like this one here. That's the last one, I think. Yeah. 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 Now, is it black and white because of the TV he's on? Or like this is a. That's what the ROM put, pulls up. You know, yeah, it's all the software in the ROM. Or something. Yeah, cool. it's, it's all in the ROM. No, it's it's text without the chroma, without the color. Oh, okay. okay. 
That's why I don't think it's a. I don't know if it's an RGB. I think it's more the chroma and the luma that's been separated. Like or something. Well, well yeah, we got. See, so we have lowercase on here too. Yes. So this must have the T1 chip for the VDG, huh? I think well, you it's could do software. custom ROM sets for the VDG. Remember, because I mean, Den Dennis Kitts used to sell the lower kit with its own custom. You can link it into the VDG. It's all in the ROM. <laughs> Ken Ken Records asking if there was a real time clock in the upper left hand corner of this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. see. Is that a real time clock over here? I don't know. What day these things are here? This looks like it's a really freaking can of beer right there. It's a big ass capacitor there. So uh yeah. But it's a clean board. Uh was man. that a T one video chip there? Well, no. that that would have been my guess, but nice Curtis is saying it could it could have been a custom display ROM. Can you see it in the photo? Yeah, just uh, the photo oh, there. Oh, the what actual, number? I see what you're saying. Yeah, Rewarded. it's only the T1. Does it have any significant numbers? Read what read what Ed says. Which, which one is the which one of these is the VDG? I, I uh, just uh, in the middle, the big one underneath the keyboard connector. I think over here. Okay, 6847? So yes. Yeah, that's, 6, that's just 7 P. Yeah, there's no T on it. No T1 on the end of that. 6, 8, I don't 4, know 7, what number P. they meant to have. Yeah. There's, the T1's got a T1 after the, after the uh, 6847 on it. 6874. No, 6847 P T1, I think it says on it. Mm. The T1. Okay. Unless, mm. So it looks like it, like you were saying, Ron, it must have been just purely done in the, in the ROM and yeah. not... Uh, yeah, he said that if he was to take that ROM out and put a ROM in that he could burn, it would probably, you know, run totally normal. Okay. <clears throat> but it won't run, it won't do normal with that ROM in it. it completely redirects it just to the program. It's like right, a dumb Because basically the, one. I mean, yeah, basically the basic ROM cartridge was a piece of software that your Coco booted too. So if you were to place the yeah. basic ROM with another program, you could just boot to that piece of software, right? Yep, that's what uh, Boise did with his Coco Yoda project where he had that Coco 2 wired into his Toyota. Hmm. Oh, I wonder if that's a ROM sitting next to the VDG. Yeah, maybe. On the left. Some type of, it looks like a Hitachi chip because it's got the Hitachi logo on it. Because yeah. it's so. sitting sitting there right with all the video circuitry. So The yeah. ROM, the ROM is right next point. to the connector. Part of it. Next to the, the CPU. Got the label on it. Yeah, and it's upside down. <laughs> which is okay, weird. and Mikey says this might be a character. There's a couple of comments on there saying that that's uh, that could be that Hitachi chip might have something to do with it. Now that's interesting. That's definitely an uncommon cocoa. Yeah, keyboard. It looked like if somebody used this thing as an ashtray in, the, in the, that first picture there. That's looking pretty nasty. So, yeah, neat pictures. So anybody watching this right now, if you aren't in the Facebook group and you aren't on Facebook, you might want to be. And as they mentioned, you don't have to have uh, an account that says who you really are. You could say, I'm Batman, for all we know, on uh, Facebook. <laughs> so, um, yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, Facebook does, is... Go ahead. What does, what does studio mean? In, is it French for, like, computer or something? Or is it... I, 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 uh, I'm in a... Uh, Toward studio. the last, toward oh, the studio. last there is, it tells. Let's and see. what was the answer? Yeah, I'm looking. I'm scrolling down right now. 
A studio learner is one who prefers more formal study, such as in classrooms. A studio, studio learner. So learning, a, learning a language through exercises, studio learning, rather than experiencing and savoring the learning process. So somebody who likes to learn through exercise, huh? That's what studio yeah. means? Okay. So uh, it's a, a little further, um, th there's that post uh, from George Pad of another studio computer. Oh, okay. With that same me... gizmo on it, and you can okay. see the label on the back. Okay. Yeah, Studio. Some... It's right yeah. here. Maybe some kind of educational system or something. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's why they're yeah, custom ROM and the keyboard changing and all the rest of it. Tandy Corporation like serial number, color, color Computer 2, Paratola version, huh? Paratol version. Yeah, the Paratol. Somebody said that's uh, for the SCART. Another name for SCART. Ah, okay. Wow. And you can 220, see 220 volts, 50 hertz. Which is standard for France. Yeah. I think oh. it said that as you type. That's like an S video oh. connector or something. Yeah. Like. So that's why I, th I don't think it, it's uh, RGB. It's S video or. YUV, maybe. Component. Well, com yeah. Oh, this has more than um, standard um, S video. Yeah, so this seven. this this could be a breakout cable that converted to anything else for all we know. If that looks more like the, the cable on the, the connector on the Coco VGA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Ed or nine. said it was RGB, so I'd I'd okay. go with Ed says he knows what he's yeah, talking about. Right there where it says two T V is that thing there. So, yeah, it's got the little thing on the front there, too, right? So, studio. You can see this one a little bit clearer. Mm -hmm. the, the, yeah. uh, so, wonder what that box thing is. That's yeah. where this, the little uh, cut channel selector. Yeah, no, what that, is it? That's the real-time clock. There's, there's nothing there. So <laughs> just cover. Uh, the George Pat uh, one has uh, a response. It shows a cable, SCART cable with that connector on it. Hmm. Where is that? That's a different different Facebook link. So you're looking at Ed still. No, I'm I'm looking at George Pat's right now. But that's, oh, is that uh, okay? Yeah. Uh, go back out to the top level and then uh, look to Roger Rogelio Pereira's response. In here. Yeah. Okay, so we well, got to look at all the here. Yeah. We go right here. Okay. So uh, this yeah. is this uh -huh. is that pin that breaks so, it out to SCART, huh? Yeah. There's there's actually a picture. Okay. Yeah, I found it. Okay. So that whatever that pin out there is, it kind of looks like an S video or like a little mini DIN that gets broken out into SCART for RGB. Yeah. yeah there's actually a cable picture of the cable there. If you scroll down. So. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That would be neat to have. Right. So, I mean, we're getting that in a sense, we're getting some of that with Coco VGA, but it would be kind of cool to that's have it. a native. Right yeah, that's yeah. it. Be kind of cool to have a native RGB out from a Coco one or two, huh? Hmm. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen those before, so that's every day you you, you see something new, right? Another when, variation. Yeah. Just when you think you knew every kind of Coco and variant there was. That's like, like my Coco that has the AMI chip in it. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I like the model number. It's three digits dash and then the standard four in the letter. Hmm. Like, oh. What is James Diffendaffer showing us here? James put a link. 
Okay. So there is a link that James posted with some information on that. So, and it's, okay, which is not in English. Oh, but you can hit translate. Google will translate it for you. Translate it. So it says, Tandy Studio, one of the ex exhibits, Dungeons & Dragons, is dedicated to the Dragon computer family. Among them will be the exclusive Tandy Studio, the teaching version of the TR City Color Computer 2, design of the Dragon. So Tandy Studio 2, model number 265-3134B from 1983, teaching version of the TR City Color Computer 2. All right. So interesting link that James Diffendaffer posted there in the um, in the in the live YouTube. So check that out, and and when you're checking that out, um, you know, do what you got to do. Um, cool, cool stuff, man. We've seen it all. What if that box on the top of it then with, with the teaching version? Maybe the teacher. Yeah, had I that. wonder. I wonder if that's like a timer. Where you had so oh, long okay. to do a lesson or something. I don't know. Looks, looks like it. Because it has like a, start yeah, and stop. Yeah. yeah. Start. And it's quartz. Yeah. Okay. So it is a real-time clock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like maybe you had well, so many minutes to complete a lesson or something, you know? That's definitely I, neat. I posted that I was watching uh, Star Trek in my observatory the other day, and uh, Richard Lorbieski says... <laughs> I see a real-time clock. <laughs> it's it's the little flashing <laughs> light on my uh, VCR. Uh, <laughs> it's almost like to watch now, to watch the original series, if you have old copies on VHS or whatever, that's kind of like we're almost to the point now of like the special edition of Star Wars. It's hard to find a non- remastered version of those shows now because even the original series got remastered for Netflix in high definition yeah. and they replaced all the spaceships with you know computer generated imagery and stuff to kind of update the map paintings and the exterior shots and stuff. Yeah, so, I've got all 79 on VHS. Yeah, so and then I've got the new generation too. Yeah, yeah. VHS. So that would be something, huh? Some talk about is, isn't Picard coming back and doing new episodes now? Of, of uh... yeah, it's been a few announcements of that. I don't know that they've announced what the series is going to be, but it's uh, from what I understand, it's going to be on that CBS All Access, which is a paid streaming service, which I just won't pay for. So yeah, I just agree. think there, there's there's too many streaming services now, you know, yeah. and it's like and and everybody's trying to come up with one. It was something exclusive to real people in. Like you can only watch this show here on this service, and and I don't know, I yeah, I'm just not a fan of that. I just yeah, think... I mean this is this is returning back to the cable because cable got yeah. so broken up with 500 yeah. channels. Then when Netflix came, they kind of amalgamated the shows, even if they're a year behind in some cases. So you just had to go to one service again to to watch all this stuff, and now it's all splitting up again. So in five years, we'll watch reruns of uh, Discovery. Yeah, hey, we got somebody on uh, YouTube named Lusty Glaceon. Have you ever watched any Star Trek Discovery? And I, yeah, we we, t we tend to get into Star Trek talk, especially after dark. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched some Star Trek Discovery. Um, CBS No Access is what James Devon ever is calling it. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, everybody's trying to get in the streaming thing. And, you know, yeah, if you had to pay 10 or $12 a month for every single streaming service out there, next thing you know, you're paying more than you would have paid if you just had cable. So um, it's the same thing with all, all the software yeah. companies now, too, like a lot of uh, audio, like Pro Tools and other, and even graphics like Adobe with their subscription models. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it gets to be annoying after a while. They say, oh, it's cheap, but it's not cheap when you've got, you know, half a dozen different accounts that are charging like 20 or 30 or 40 dollars a month or whatever all of a sudden or a fortnight it's it it, it, it adds up really quickly yeah death only, by a thousand paper cuts yes. death by only, a thousand paper cuts <laughs> <laughs> the only one that i've really kept up with is the is an adobe pho uh, photography subscription because i you know i've been using photoshop since you know the mid 90s yeah and it's it's a necessary program and it's, you know, I think, well, it's, it's one that, that I need that I use all the time. I've just tried to avoid everything else with a subscription model because it just gets too expensive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I got, I got a question for people. If you go to Ron's Garage, uh, the, one of the first pictures you come to is an Atari Home Computer Center um, sh showcase thing that Nick Marenti's posted on my oh yeah and you said wall. we need to make a Coco version of this right yeah. yeah has anybody seen anything like that for the Coco ever like did they ever have a I think Radio Shack just had stores they had stuff in yeah yeah they didn't try it was never nothing was ever presented very well you know it was a TV on a stand somewhere and the Coco was there so the presentation was what you saw on the TV, not what was wrapped around it, you know? So. I would assume that kiosk thing is for, like, uh, you know, places like uh, Montgomery Wards or CBS. Yeah, like a retail outlet. Yeah. yeah. So you'd get, they'd go and they'd drop it in there. It's like, here, check out our stuff. Yeah. That's why I, mean, I thought it would be good to uh, edit, edit that Atari one, make it into a Coco one. Yeah, absolutely. For laughs. <laughs> and change the wardrobe while we're at it. I'm yeah, asking. yeah, I like I like that picture that Richard Lorbieski posted of Curtis. <laughs> like, yeah. Most non-flattering picture of two white guys ever taken in the history of photography. So, <laughs> yeah. at least I was in better shape back then. But yeah, yeah. One thing that yeah. I, it was interesting on Facebook uh, talking about news was uh, Ed Snyder was talking about the the Gimme X. Yeah. His, uh, oh yeah. It's, yeah. It's just uh, sleeping a lot. Yeah, large discussion going on that one too. So he's he's like the first guy to run a Coco three without the gimme chip. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's be Ever. Yeah. That was my next topic. The next point I was going to make there was that the gimme X discussion was was leading on to developing another whole motherboard and yeah, developing yeah. it as the as the. Uh, and Ed stated that is the ultimate goal. Eventually, is to mm. actually make it yeah, i mean the coco 3 fpga and the matchbox and some of the other ones are kind of like that the mister and stuff yeah. but this is based on the actual coco yeah this is hardware isn't it real hardware the real, yeah, real hardware coco 4. yeah, well, that's, yeah. all coco 3 but the gimme yeah. right because the gimme they just you can't get it you yeah. can't get a gimme so it has to be kind of fabricated for lack of better terms right so but we're on the verge or or replicated to use a star trek term there right so yeah. <laughs> T Earl Grey hot. So uh yeah, so um yeah, you just can't do it. It was a custom chip that Tandy made. There, you know, the Motorola CPU is still in circulation and, and the equivalents of it, you know, the Hitachi yeah, versions. But this was a custom chip designed by Tandy and they just stopped making it. 
like the Motorola 6809, we've already seen it's been in keyboards. It's been in all kinds of stuff. So that chip had a life that was bigger than the Coco. So it's still mm-hmm. floating out there because it's been in a million devices. That gimme was in Coco 3s. It was yeah. made by one company for one period of time, and that was it. So when they're gone, they're gone. And manufactured um, by VLSI, and are they still even around? I don't even know. Hmm. It's pretty cool that Ron's doing that. The, the, uh, not Ron, the, the Ed's doing Ed. the, the gimme. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ed's, Ed's uh, dappling with the hardware design. Gary Becker's doing the programming because he has that same software basically on the Coco FPGA. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Extracting yeah. that part. Yeah. Yeah, That's the gimme. The Gimme has been emulated in FPGA at least twice now. So, like I say, Gary Becker with the Coco 3 FPGA and Roger Taylor's done it once or twice. And with enhancements. I mean, they both have enhancements of up and beyond the, the regular yeah, Gimme. Yeah, higher so resolutions. Yeah. So, they've got the 256 color mode. Did they get in the two-layer graphics? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it does generate VGA outputs. So. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Which is... And uh, he even mentioned that they're getting artifact colors now, <clears throat> kind of the same thing as the Coco VGA now, where you can emulate the composite stuff through RGB. Which is Did you nice think they're feature. just doing the VCC style at this point, though, just the standard four color, not the subtler colors that you get with oh, okay. the Coco uh, VGA? Yeah, that's, that's still yeah, it's in the demo that he showed a, a quick little video. The last video that he posted up a few days ago, it had the uh, the artifact color mode. And you had the the, the uh, red and the blue, and black and white. I've got a trivia quick. question. What does "gimme" stand for? Graphics interrupt uh, memory enhancement. Interrupt memory enhancement. Yeah. Hmm. It's also known as the ACVC chip. I think that was the other alternative. Yeah. What's that stand for? That was audio Advanced video. Advanced audio. Yeah, something with audio video. Uh, yeah. Gimme so, sounds cooler. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give, <laughs> give me that chip. Give me, give that, me chip, that chip, huh? right? Or some people and have that pronounced it. That was Lonnie it. Falk's joke that gimme meant, you know, give me more power, give me more color, give me more, you know. That's yeah. It. And I've heard some ask. people call it the gime. <laughs> it's the Gaime chip. So. I have not heard that before just now. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's a good sort of... chip when you consider what it does. It's a yeah. fair bit packed into one chip. Yeah, and it made the Coco 3 cheaper than the Coco 2 to manufacture. So that was a yeah. huge part of it for Tandy. Including emulating, for the most part, the uh, VDG. It yeah, yeah. Support... semi graphics, which yeah, it was actually, a... that's another thing. The Coco VGA will support the semi graphics modes too. Mm-hmm. Or Coco, um, give me X, I should say. Well, Adam Kulich asked a good question. Is where it was made. He thought it might have been made in a Tandy plant. Mm. No, it was made by VLSI. Well, yeah, um, the the Coco Underdog book that Boise and Bill did, they talk about the gimme and what you know the path that they took to get there. I guess they were looking for something, and there just wasn't enough. There was another chip they were looking at made by Motorola that would have had 4,096 colors, which almost sounds like what made its way into the Amiga. Again, probably another you know 68,000 reference model type thing. That was the MMS or something? And yeah. Was, so yeah, they were looking at that, but there, were, there would have been a supply shortage or uh, a cost too. But I think there was also just so, and you know, at the end of the day, it always boiled down to cost, right? So I think um, it didn't work properly with something. Yeah, it wouldn't would have been ready for the release of the Coco 3 irregardless. It wasn't. Mm, yeah. well, that's they were that it was too slow in the emulation mode of doing the Coco side when it was used with the 6809. 
that's the reason why he vetoed and said, no, we don't want it. If it's going to slow down, it's going to be useless. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was basically designed for the 68000 series, but it would work with the 68009, but not well. It's oh. just going to slow down. The bottleneck itself. What could have, what could have been, you know? Yep. So. Well, yeah. what's what's gonna be is cool. What's gonna be? <clears throat> yeah. So now we're starting to get into. Oh, so um, has have been, have you guys heard of this movie called Alita? That was just, just it's in theaters now. It's kind of a I James have. Cameron thing. It's a real sci-fi uh, uh, kind of uh, visual effects heavy thing. It's based on a a manga, which is kind of like one of these Japanese animated things. Um, but uh, it really dealt with people kind of augmenting themselves and people turning themselves into cyborgs just for more enhancements and more parts and more upgrades and stuff. And it's kind of like, you know, when I watch that, when I watch that movie and you look at these people, it's like, well, when do you stop becoming a person and you're becoming something else that's not even human anymore? And I know that question has come up on the Coco is like, when is a Coco cease to become a Coco or what, you know, what's, what's appropriate for a Coco mod or hack or upgrade and what's not appropriate. Um, you know, and I, and I, I think we've always arrived at the opinion that, listen, that's in the eye of the beholder, right? Everybody's take on what's cool and legit is different. You got the purists and you got other people that's like, yeah, you just, you know, turn it to 11. So, um, but when you start to get into things like uh, Gimme X with more color and more resolution and all these other things, or if we if we got a 4,096 color chip, like we're already talking about this new sound chip now that you have in your Mega Mini MPI, even though that chip existed around the time of the Coco 3, I almost feel like the technology and the output from that is a higher fidelity than the, what the computer historically has done. I feel like that chip is on a higher level than the Coco. Now we have things like the Gimme X and this this newer sound chip. We're almost going to turn the Coco into an Amiga. You know, we're like a, a stone's throw away from doing that. So now is it still a Coco when you do that? And you, you have all these cu these custom chips and these custom sound chips? Well, I guess the question is, like, do you consider an Apple II GS to be, still be an Apple II? Uh, that <laughs> that's a good, that was a good question that came up recently. And a lot of people don't because it's more like a completely new computer that is backward compatible with the Apple II, which is kind of oh, what is being proposed to give me X, right? Yeah, yeah. Or the Coco like, VGA, for that matter. Sure. I mean, I mean, you know, the the Apple II GS targets an Apple IIe or Apple IIc with 128K. Pretty much everything runs on it, but it's also got this Sonic sound chip in it with 32 voices and 64K of RAM just for the sound chip. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then of course better graphics and lots of other built-in stuff. So. Hmm. It comes back to where you where you're at at the time when first like when I first got into the the cocos in the early eighties. Um, I was always fascinated by electronics, and I was always a tweaker and you know upgrading things and doing this and that and the other. Like you know, this one here, as I was saying, is my original one, and it's got the upgraded keyboard, and I upgraded it from sixteen k to sixty four k, and and um, you know other uh, DAC outputs and everything that it didn't have originally, so I could you know, connect it up to laser light shows that I built back then, and so. To me, the Coco's always been an ongoing project where I'm always upgrading yeah. and adding something new and doing this and doing, you know, it's got Coco VGA and then Mega MPI and SDC. <laughs> um, you know, it's uh, 6309's in it now. Um, whereas something like in the background there, the uh, that since 1979, uh, 75, that came out. Um, with synthesizers, I tend to be uh, in two camps. 
that one there is is a highly collectible synth, and it's all completely one hundred percent original. Um, I, you know, I won't even if, I won't even change a knob that isn't an original knob if one's broken. Okay. Um, so for certain things, some instruments, and that instrument in particular, I'll keep completely original. Whereas other synthesizers, I've, I've, I've you know modified beyond recognition almost. So <laughs> to me, the Coco is something that was that was a fun project to upgrade. And if you could do yeah. something else to it to make it to do something different, it's still a Coco, but it's doing something different to what you know or more than what it. It can still do all the original tasks. But it can also do other things that it couldn't originally do. So. And the Coco always was a hacker's machine. Like if you look at the old uh, AlphaSoft ads where they sold like an eight-slot before the multi-pack came out, bus with I think twenty or thirty different hardware cards you can get, and we've had quadruple serial ports, and we've had MIDI cards, and all kinds of stuff. It's always been a hacker's computer where they've added on tons of new hardware. So I, I don't. But there's I don't o- only deal. always been three from Radio Shack Tandy. So. Yeah, but even Tandy added in like sound cards and right. But the but the next one that comes out, if it's going to be a new motherboard, it's going to be like the Apple Two GS then. Yeah, that yeah, that I would agree. But the Gimme X for me qualifies as an upgrade, not a. You know, we're not totally consistent with Coco at this point. Hmm. So, do you think um, down the road, twenty years from now, there'll be a a new case made, a new motherboard? backward compatible to one that goes forward and has, you know, like an Amiga. What they were doing with FPGAs and, and 3D printing and stuff now, yeah, I would imagine if there's enough of a market for it, they would. They're already doing it with Commodores and, and some of the you know more mass market machines from that era. Oh, the Commodore, they found the original molds for the uh, 64C. They actually did a run a few years ago. You get them yeah. clear, blue, red, white. <laughs> oh, well. And the Amigas. I didn't hear about the Amigas, but okay. But you, well, you, anything you think of, you can do now. Yeah, right? well, pretty yeah, much. John, <clears throat> we saw John Strong showing a scale model of a Coco Two slash Three case that he's doing yeah. in three D printing. So he's working on kind of a proof of concept there. So if you have a big enough three D printer, you could print up a replacement case. Yep. Or a custom one. So if if Ed Snyder's working on a new motherboard. You know, we'll call it a Coco 3.5, if you will, because, you know, Coco 4, I think, is uh, trademark and blasphemy all at the same time. Um, so, um, but, yeah, so if he makes a, a new Gimme X-style motherboard, John Strong could make a 3D printed case that still looks around the same size as a Coco 3, but has the right pinouts and screw holes for a new custom motherboard and stuff. Yeah, uh, and, if, the, if the market's there, I think it'll happen. I mean, the 3D printers are advancing so fast. I mean, look how much yeah. how far in the last five I'm, years. I mean, like I am not that interested in spending two hundred dollars on one of these FPGA projects. I think they're neat, but to me, I don't know. I, I I'm just not. It's not for me. I like it. I'm glad it's happening, but I don't know that I want one. But I would probably spend four hundred dollars on a custom Coco three, you know, that's made by like Ed Snyder and John Strong. You know, I mean, I would probably drop some money into a brand new design Coco 3, whatever you want to call it, you know, uh, just as long as it's fully backwards compatible. If it's got new features, but I can still pop in a cartridge and run an old cartridge on it, plug in my old Coco joysticks, um, you know, if I can use my old stuff and I have new features and it's a new computer, that would be awesome, you know. Yeah. yeah, we had the discussion yeah. before. Actually, we had a show dedicated to that discussing like what what is going too far where it's yeah. not anymore. Yeah. And yeah. personal opinions change depending on who you're talking to. So. Right. 
Yeah. I'm so on your side on that one. But So going oh. on Facebook with your future Coco might be a thing that could happen someday. All I know is Coco 4 is a hot topic, so I say we just skip it. We go right to yeah. Coco 5. Go to Coco 5. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kind of like what, when, what Windows X. did. Let's just do an Apple and go straight to 10 and call it the Coco 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 X. Give me X and it's already halfway there. I mean, Coco come. X. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We're on the Sky 3.0 at the moment. 3.0. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need all the numbers added in. Now, we could on, we have Coco 3.11. 3. Yeah, 3.11. 3. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Coco for work groups. No, no more yeah. numbers. We don't need them. 3.0A then. Coco-Ed. I was going to say. So, yeah, I, I, ideally, I'd like it to have all the hard work backwards compatibility but if it had newer things like usb ports and hdmi out and stuff like that too that would be kind of cool as well right yeah yeah i'm with you stevie on the on the whole thing with the fpga stuff too it's it doesn't it's not really a coco it's an it's an emulator really yeah yeah hardware-based that's how i view it as well yeah hardware-based mm. emulator and it's neat but i mean i've got the raspberry pi so i've got a little box already that i can plug into a monitor and run a coco software-based emulation on it uh, I know they're similar, but not quite the same. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I guess mean, technically, it, MAME, MAME or VCC is kind of a, a Koki emulator too. So I mean, you can't plug in some of the hardware, but yeah, Ron Klein's working on a new release for the show, I think. Okay, a new updated of Coco Pie. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Cool. It's gonna be good. Yeah, we got so many options. There are so many options in the Coco. Um, but yeah, for me to wax nostalgic about these past 99 episodes, I think the the most important thing I would just want to say would be, um, two words would be thank you to everybody who continues to show up every week to be on the panel and everybody who's been showing up all these weeks to just be part of the conversation with us. You know, it's just weird. And also all the people that download the podcast versions and watch yep. it on Yeah. 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 It's just Is been this this talk one. about my demerits not being on for the last month who are you again yeah why are you still here no I'm just <laughs> <laughs> hey how's your patreon doing do you are you doing very good with that yeah i mean it's covering the, it's covering the expenses of the show so good. It's, uh, i'm not trying cool. to it. it's not paying any bills but it's paying it's paying the expenses so yeah um yeah. you're not leasing a new car or anything i <laughs> know <laughs> no he no, didn't um, have enough money left over after the yacht <laughs> I am making some of the uh, gas payments on one of Nick's uh, Learjets, though. So <laughs> <laughs> put a put a gallon of gas in it the other day. He's got to so. have somewhere to store all those Ferraris. Yeah. Is it the Learjet? Is that how we're getting over to Coco Fest? Is it? Yeah, Nick? yeah. Nick's gonna fly his <laughs> private jet over there. He can he can stop by and get you. So. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> so. So we'll yeah, have a charter, and uh, Nick Nick can just fly you. So we're, we're going to have a Coco X in the future with uh, Nick Marionette's um, OS nine in it. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll have. Imagine that. Like now, that would be kind of cool. Like inter, <laughs> if internet updates, right? It's got to have an Ethernet port. So if there's a new firmware update to the yes. MEX or a new firmware update to the ROM or yeah. you know, did you get it? <laughs> yeah, it would, oh, or, or I could use the SP eighty two sixty seven. Uh, you know, you can have OS nine on on a freaking flash card that's built into the motherboard. You know, you just boot straight to OS nine. You can hold down a different key for what you want to boot to. You want to boot to DOS. You want to boot to RS nine. You know, that would be kind of cool. Right? 
Fuzix. Hold down, the, hold down the function key and you get a boot menu. Yeah. 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 That would be cool, right? So yeah. Guess, who's going to guess that four, fourth would make a comeback, huh? Of course. <laughs> May the fourth be with you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who's going to be the first one to code a game for a, the Gimme X chip when it is done? Who wants to take bets on who's going to do the first one? Uh, Chet Simpson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's already got the sound in a control. So yeah, yeah, just, right. Just a little, little bit he of likes a, a bleeding edge stretch goal. Ported to the MC10. <laughs> Jim Gary. <laughs> Jim Gary is going to port something to it, right? So, <laughs> what, what would you call fourth on the MC10? Would it be like sec, second, <laughs> second, second, one fourth? <laughs> it would be first. Yeah, first. It's not. It's, very not, first. it's a very first version of fourth. <laughs> you know, there was a, there was a, uh, there was a clone of the Sinclair computer, ZX81, called the Jupiter Ace, which was uh, fourth based instead of basic. Hmm. Interesting. So, the, the I mean, John Connery computer. Okay. The, yeah, no, I mean, the fourth. Fourth. The least. 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 Yes. 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 yes, lovely party. Pity I wasn't invited. Yes. So, um, that's, that's, that's fine. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely want to say thank you to everybody who's been part of this collective experience that is Coco Talk, because I think Coco Talk is an amalgamation of the Coco community. We've been inspired by um, everybody who has kind of you know brought brought the cocoa you know bringing sexy back and bringing the cocoa back you know these past four or five years between uh cocoa crew podcast and the facebook group and the mailing list and and all these things have been kind of like getting people interested and the more people get interested the more people get on and you know it's just been this big kind of snowball this self-perpetuating snowball of enthusiasm that's continued to kind of don't forget inspire. discord too. yeah you know the discord channel you know, Steve, you're the you're the gimme chip of this uh, unit here. <laughs> <laughs> but really advanced and, and cheap. Yep. Something something that can't be obtained anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it overheats occasionally. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I have some sparkles every now and then. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. So maybe we'll wrap up this uh, this dumpster fire for one night. We didn't have Richard Lorbieski. We had no trolls tonight, but we did yep. have a Nick Morota in here. So that was good. And we had Tom C. We have Mark Overholzer. We've got Lusty Gleason out there. We've got James Diffendaffer in the live chat. The live chat's been a hotbed. I've not been completely on top of the chat. If I was to scroll back right now, I would just see uh, Mark Overholzer, Tom C., Ken Reichert, Tim Franklin's been out here. Uh, D. Bruce Moore was in the live chat. Nick Morota was in the live chat. Uh, Nick Morota, Tom C. We have Matt C H Y. I don't know how to pronounce that. Chai. Um, we have uh, somebody named Sylvanian Rasu talking about Pyramix was on par with Qbert for the C64. Sylvain uh, actually programmed a game for the Coco. I'm just trying to remember which one, though. Who's that? Sylvain. He did a Coco 1 and 2 game. They tried selling commercially way back in the day, and I think I actually have it on my site for download. I, I'll have to look it up, though. I can't remember the details because it's been a while. Perry Duick has been out here. L. Curtis Boyle has been here. Ken Reichard, Nick Morota. Tony Pedraza's uh, been really Tony, quiet. Tony Pedraza's been here. Yeah, Nick Morota, Ken Reichard. 
TL Stieg has been out here. Lots of people in the live chat. Lots of live chat here. D. Bruce Moore. D. Bruce Moore. Um, man, Matt. Brian Bryza has been in the live chat. There's just been so many people. Too many people to mention, but thank you all for hanging out tonight. Um, Talking Chief was on there as well. Who's that? Talking Chief. That's what James put up there. I don't know who he's calling Talking Chief, but. Talking Chief? No, Talking Chief. Dork. Dork and Chief. Dorking Chief. Dork and Chief. I think that's Stevie. I think it's Stevie. <laughs> yeah, must be. Mm. <laughs> James Diffendaffer. Mike Craig has been out here. Uh, Matt. Yeah, so many people. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been great. It's been 99 episodes. Um, you know, it's like every every week, and I don't know what you guys go through, but, you know, sometimes you're busy with work or you're busy with life, and it's just like it's the weekend. There's a million things we could possibly do, and there isn't a Saturday that goes by where sometime around 2 or 3 o'clock, since, since we've changed the time slot, you know, around 2 or 3 o'clock I start to say, man, do I really have to do this show tonight? You know, it's like, it's Saturday. There's a million other things I could do. So there's times where I just say, man, I just don't, I just don't want to, you know, I just don't want to, you know, or, you know, or whatever. Sometimes you just want, you know, but it's like, every time I get on this show, it's like, man, it's been fun. And most of the time I just, I look forward to this. This is like the highlight of my week, but you know, there's certain days where it's like, oh man, I'm just tired or I'm lazy or I want to be lazy. Or I just don't want to do it. You don't but, want to be the um, gimme anymore. You want yeah. to be a ROM pack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just have to remember to avoid talking about disassembling basic ROMs. Yeah, but, you know, for better or for worse, it's 99 episodes of this stuff. It's I wouldn't take any of this back, you know. And, you know, we can look back in some of the earlier episodes and say, yeah, listen, we weren't trying to be anything. We were just a bunch of guys talking, you know. And from that, it, you know, it kind of grew into different shapes and stuff. But, um, you know, now we try to be somewhat at least – you know, we try not necessarily, I don't know if we want to call it professional, but we try to, you know, keep it moving where it's not just whatever. Less unprofessional is what I Yeah, call. yeah, less unprofessional. Well, we try, <laughs> but it's still, it's a fluid, spontaneous, just kind of, it is yeah. what it is. But um, it's been a great ride. Uh, been very unexpected for me. Most of this I never would have planned or expected in a million years. What we've already, what's already happened has been amazing. I don't know what's going to happen next, but I, I would say I look forward to it. You know, and I want to thank all you guys here. And the live interaction, both in the chat and on on the host panel here, with guests coming on every single week, you know, sometimes brand new to us. That that's one of the key parts of the show for me is is that interactivity where that you actually are involved in the show. It's not just something you listen to after the fact. Though some people do, obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Something that's beyond uh, too. I've, I've, this is only my second time on the panel, and. You know, some of you guys we, we communicate with through the Facebook group and some through email and um, collaborating on projects and whatnot. It's just, it's just amazing. You guys feel like family. I mean, I've, I've only been on here yeah, twice. That's, that's more like how it is. Yeah. 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 For the most part, it's very supportive. It's a very Uncle nurturing. Uncle has been a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's It's been a very collaborative kind of nurturing, supportive community and every now and then there you know a few things kind of come to a head um, there are a handful of titans that do clash but uh, for the most part i think a, a lot of us get they, we play very well together in the sandbox right so um and and the few times there have been a few clashes they have not been huge and they haven't lasted forever and so um you know 
I think for the most part, it's been a mostly functional <laughs> family, you know, so. Um, yeah, well, it's rooting for the Coco, and I think that's the reason that it, that we are able to keep that, because we're used to, we were the underdog back in the 80s when the Coco was out. I mean, we were mm-hmm. getting compared to Apples and Commodores and Ataris, and we were the underdog then, so we kind of united together even back the then. ugly stepsister. Rainbow. Yeah, with Rainbow <laughs> Magazine and all the rest, too, and I think we're just kind of continuing that tradition now, so that, I think that's one of the reasons we're a bit more close-knit and probably not quite as argumentative as some of the other broader communities are. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, maybe some of these people that are in uh, the other groups are going to want to come by and see what we're doing. No, they're welcome to. You know, I have tried a few times on my own to to broaden horizons and, and you know, stretch out and invite outside of the Coco groups, and it didn't bode well for the most part. So I'm not trying to do that on my own. I just figure... If it happens, yeah. it happens. I encourage other people to share it out, but they're I'm kind they're, of surprised about the dragon people. You know, um, we don't have a couple of them here, you know. Well, we have in the past, and like you know, so when we were on at an earlier time, we did have a few um, people from the UK on. You know, yeah, like, like Karen, uh, Karen was on a handful of times. Davy, uh, Davy Mitchell was on a few times. We've had uh, Richard Cavell, um, but I think even when we were in a different time slot, the number of UK folks, you could probably count on a hand, hand and a half. And the frequency, you could probably definitely count on one hand. So it, it just wasn't there, but it, it it just is what it is. I'm not casting any judgment on that or trying to analyze that. And I certainly hold no malice towards that. If they haven't been here, it just hasn't been. The, the door is always open and they're always welcome here if they can make it. You know, I still consider the dragon part of the family. I consider the MC10 part of the family. Um, and we listen, we got Mark Overholzer and Apple guy in here, right? So it just shows you how, uh, <laughs> and they're still active in the community. I mean, Pear Surratt and yeah, uh, and Steve Bamford and Kieran are all you know, active on Discord or active on Facebook and stuff too. So and some people just don't want form. to be you know, in public either. So that's yeah, maybe some people are show. not uh, this not hot air bags like we are, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, and, and James Diffendaff is saying, I've been a very lonely advocate for the Coco on the Atari Age Forum, which is a big Definitely. established thing, you know, so, which is kind of cool. So um, That's where I first met James was on Atari Age. Yeah, you but as far as, you know, I, th- I think I speak for all of us where I, I everybody's welcome to join us on the panel and or in the live chat. So whether or not you've owned a Coco, if you're just a fan of retro and vintage and you're kind of a geek for nostalgia, you still are kind of you know, of the same cloth as us. And I think we can all learn from each other. Like we've had some of the guys on some of my uh, friends I've made in the Florida retro club. And I've learned a lot by listening to guys like Javier who do retro writing and do Apple stuff and make custom LCD screens for the Apple and stuff. So I actually like learning about other systems that I don't own. I like learning about what they're doing in the Apple II space. There's there's a heck of a lot more hardware for the Apple II than there is for the Coco. There's a lot more people making hardware for almost all the other 8-bit systems because they're bigger markets, you know? Yep. So, I've been watching that 8-bit guy, and he's pretty interesting. Yeah. He has a lot of different things on. I think he's really Commodore-focused, but yeah, he's, yeah. he covers a lot of stuff. He does. Stevie, I was going to ask, too, um, I don't know if you've checked or maybe there hasn't been that much, but how, what has the feedback been as far as stuff like YouTube comments and uh, emails from people? Have, have we had much lately or or have you followed up on that? Uh, well, we good question. I don't have an immediate answer. I would say there there is feedback. It's not stagnant. 
I don't I don't do a very good job of bringing it onto the show because I have so many other things to try to remember to do to the show. I do try to respond to comments okay. uh, in a fairly fairly timely manner. But, um, yeah, so, you know, if I had to put a number on it, I would say we get a handful of replies uh, on, I get, a, I get probably once a day, I get a comment on either a past episode of the show or one of my Coco videos. So I am daily uh, responding to somebody on, on a previous posting of some form, um, at least once a day. So several times a week. But, yeah, I, I don't always remember to make that part of the show, like feedback, you know, viewer feedback and stuff like that. So. Um, the other day I had a meeting with a guy that, uh, I haven't met or seen in 50 years and uh, he was in a band with me, you know? Oh yeah. I saw and that. Contacted me. Yeah. And, um, so he, he tells me when, when we met and talked, he goes, Hey, I understand you have a Coco three. And I go, yeah. Cause you know, he's looking at my stuff on Facebook and I, I said, do you know what that is? And he goes, yeah, I think, I think I might've had one, but I, I, I can't remember. It's been a long time. And we never really touched on that again, but it was cool that he said that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Hey, Brian Palmer just found a fountain of youth and became like 10 years old. <laughs> there was How's a, that? Uh, oh, he just got old again. Wait a second. He was old and he was young and now he's <laughs> old again. So there he is. <laughs> hey, hey, that's how did you do that? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I only ever own the Coco, but I'm interested in a lot of those systems. I'm definitely interested in what other people are doing with the Ataris and Commodores and TIs and, and um, you know, all that stuff. So it's neat to see what's going on. I, I would imagine that not only is there more a lot more hardware, but I would imagine that the homebrew um, community is much larger with, with software offerings. You know, we're, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful that we have a half a dozen releases every year of new software, but I'm sure like on Atari age and stuff like that. And I know on the ColecoVision, there's a number of companies making new brew all the time. So I'm sure a lot of these other systems are getting a lot more new hardware and software more frequently than we are. But again, Coco's always been the underdog, you know? So, um, the other, fact, the other day I was, uh, you know, looking at different things and I run across a, a computer called a micro B. Yep. It's an awesome I know machine. The micro B really well. Yeah. That was yeah. the second computer I learned that, on. Never yeah, ever that, heard of it. And yeah. What then, was um, the, I think when David was talking about that, when he was talking about the machines that he went through, you were mentioning a guy's name too. Was it Steve something or there was a guy who sold computers in Australia. What was his name? Uh, I don't know. If the, the, I don't recall that. Was it Dick Smith? Dick Smith. Oh, Dick Smith. Yeah, Dick Smith System 80. That was the first. Yeah, computer. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I remember yeah, seeing oh, those uh, ads. There's yeah. a funny story about Dick Smith, actually. Dick Smith Electronics was, uh, he started off a, a store of electronics stores, uh, Australia wide. And um, me being a, a, a naive, young, you know, enthusiast into electronics, you know, the late. 70s early 80s and and dad was said i'll take you into the electronics to dick smith electronics and it was one of the the outlets that we had in in our city and i, and I said to him i said i said well, eyes lit up and i said am i going to make dick smith <laughs> <laughs> i thought i thought that was the only dick smith store in australia was that one and i said ah, was, okay yeah yeah, yeah. young was, how old uh, are you yeah how old am i now yeah uh 47 Oh, so, right. yeah. That would be like walking into any Radio Shack store saying, hey, is Charles Tandy going to be here, right? So. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But the, so. yeah, Ron, you mentioned the microbee. That was the the second system that I that I learned on. And microbee systems are actually in business now, and they make this still they they just finished a, a new run of making the original microbee computers. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, they're even making a video adapter for hooking up different model computers to their um, like a VGA connector. They're doing yeah. it as well. Are they yeah. uh, Z80s or what are they? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah. another one, the BBC looks I interesting with the red keys going across the top. The BBC Micro. British one. What is that based on? Oh, nothing. It, it's a British computer. It's, I think it runs on tea and crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> and long range radio broadcasts. Yeah, uh, right, so. And the Irish version added, added Guinness, I think, or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's the Irish one. Yeah. The BBC well, Micros. I've yeah, heard Acorn. of the Acorn. Yeah, did the Acorn make it for, for the BBC Micro? I don't know what the specs Eventually on it were. Become arm or something too, or something along that line. Or well, the involved? ZX Spectrum, the Spectrum is a UK machine, right? The Specky. Yeah, that's the same that, as the ZX81 and ZX. And that's the that's uh, Z80 base, right? The Spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the BBC, okay. I think, was sixty-five hundred two. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. And then there's the MCX computers. MCX or MSX? MSX, yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's yeah. a Japanese machine. I've got one. I haven't messed with it yet, but yeah, that's a neat system. Um, Microsoft was involved in that one. That's a Z80 that's a whole, based whole platform. Yeah, it's it is. It's it's literally a platform. Yeah. So um, we must sound strange spewing out all these computers that we don't know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, but that's the cool thing about the retro hobby. There's there's a lot to learn about if you really wanted to. It's like. All of us now, especially like if you're just new getting into Cocoa, if you just got back into Cocoa today, you could spend a year learning about what's been going on the past five to ten years in hardware from the Cocoa SDC to this to that to the other. You know what I mean? And we're one system and we're probably the smallest community with with augments and add-ons. You know, imagine like for me, I've never owned an Apple. When I get this Apple IIc that I bought last year, when I finally ever get that thing home and I have to learn about... What can I do with an Apple today? My head's probably going to explode. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like, what do I plug into the serial port to load software into it? Because I'm, I, you know, how am I going to get software into an Apple IIc? This is a question I don't know the answer to right now. So when I start that journey, uh, you know, well, I'm going to need Grant Leedy to. Uh... You know what I mean? So it's like it's going to be it's going to be a rabbit hole. You know, so yep. and that's just one system. I've got a TI 994A in the box. I haven't messed with. If I wanted to start learning about that and all the cartridges and add-ons and the F-18 boards and all these things you can do to a TI, that could take me a year of discovery and experimentation to learn. I've got an Atari 8-bit sitting on the floor down here, too, that I've never plugged in. If I start to learn about that, <laughs> you know, it's just like, well, what's the equivalent of the Coco SDC for the Atari? And what, You're how do you all get, set for retirement. You know what I mean? It's just like, dude, that's why I don't even turn these things on. Because I just I don't have time to get sucked into more vortexes, you know. It's just like so. But it's something to bow, guys. All right, then, Nick. I'll yeah, see we, you next week. Yep. Yeah. Micro right. B basic, huh? Look at see that. See you later. Take okay. care, Nick. Good night. See you later, Nick. See you. Bye. Or good day. <laughs> Run. Here's uh, here's something that. Uh, oh yeah. Micro that's B. The, uh, the original. That's the original uh, reference manual that i was using is it's in, inside this this 
like basic program listings in it everywhere. And wow, it's, uh, yeah, quite advanced. It's a good book. Hmm. You don't get books of computers Do you anymore. Still have one? No, I don't. But I actually wouldn't mind getting a, a micro B just for nostalgia purposes. But uh, yeah. like you're saying too, uh, Steve, it's it's the whole time thing. You know, <laughs> two cocos. I've got a, I've got a third Coco one, um, an NTSC Coco one, and I've got. Uh, Thanks, Bryzo. I've got that uh, the the Coco three on its way as well. So uh, if I got a micro B here as well, I don't I never get anything done. <laughs> uh, we got somebody on YouTube named John Anchor that says I just ordered my first Coco ever. That's cool. Oh wow! Uh, so a newbie. Yeah, man, it's, you're never late. It's never a wrong yeah. time. You know to... what? <laughs> One of these days we'll be um, having the show go on. And you know, have you ever been in a hospital and they play the little nursery rhyme and and a little baby's been born? You ever hear that? Say that again. Now? When you're in a hospital, sometimes you'll be you know visiting somebody at the hospital. Oh, and, they play and if a, a baby's born, rhyme, they play that. Baby. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you know, in the future, when we're having our our uh, cocoa talk, and you know, we'll have a little sound that comes up. Up. Oh, we got a new hey, got your Coco 3 got yet? Coco 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, a another angel got its wings. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really encouraging to have to have new people, you know, joining in. It's there's a young guy that I bought um, a big Yamaha organ off recently um, to add to my studio, and, and when he come in here, he saw my Cocos, and he's he's he's, he's right into everything. He's a young fella, but he's right into everything. 80s and uh he was you know what those are? yeah he did he, he oh. saw them there and he's oh you, yeah he was he was really interested in it and he's um oh. so he's, he's looking he, he might he might be getting himself a cocoa soon so oh, neat. Neat. Mm. that's how the neighbors turn huh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. continue the Continue the new generation, the next generation of, of uh, cocoa enthusiasts. Well, if you make enough noise, you'll have neighbors wandering over. Well, what's what's going on? <laughs> what's the noise? <laughs> ah, so John ordered a cocoa three from Cloud Nine. So there you go. So you know it's going to work, and it'll probably be fully upgraded too. Cool. What does everybody here recommend as the best RAM? Would the the boomerang, the the two megabyte, or what's the best RAM upgrade for the cocoa three? If you have soldering yeah. skills, I would say the boomerang at this point. Yeah. Okay. Well, you get so two the, meg. if you want to do the two meg, your, your CPU would need to be in a socket, uh, which on, so if you've got a Coco three with a 6309, it's already been socketed, but by default, the Coco three, it's soldered in. So you'd have, it has to be desoldered and socketed. Because uh, the two meg board has the um, the DAT board that goes under the CPU to help manage that extra memory, um, and that that memory is really only going to be helpful. Well, I wouldn't say only; it's mostly helpful to OS nine. Although I think it's Chet immediately, Simpson immediately, immediately helpful, helpful to OS nine, but I believe Chet Simpson is going to be writing a RS DOS game for it. Um, but okay. with without doing that, a boomerang board or a um, Cloud nine. Um, Triad board will get you 512k. Uh, either yeah, one of those will be fine. No, yeah, no soldering required. I've heard different reports of it, but uh, was there one that runs really, or that maybe that was a stock um, Tandy one, but was one bunch of, of 512k uh, um, that ran really hot? 
All the original five make or two make boards ran really hot. So all the new ones are using static RAM now, the boomerang and the triad, and they run cool. Low power. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, yeah soldering's no problem for me. I've got to right. So electronics so, take for years, so <laughs> Yeah, I think the current two products you can buy today would either be the triad from Cloud9 or a form of boomerang from Boyson Tech. Uh, Jim Brain from Retro Innovations is working on a couple of solutions too that will be solderless because they're going to go underneath the cpu so it'll be a, a kind of a pass-through memory upgrade uh yeah. so he's coming up with an eight meg board for the coco 3 it's called coco mem and i think he's going to come up with 512 or 2 meg or something for the coco 1 and 2 it's called coco mem junior um the moo we talked about the moo recently so you can add a moo which is a cartridge that you can plug in that gives you 512k and a memory management unit and SD card and other things. So there's a move board that's memory too. So a um, mm -hmm. handful of options. Mm. So yeah, it's amazing. It's staggering. There's the world. There's, I think there's definitely more hardware than there is software right now, but still we've got a decent amount of software uh, and you got a lot of people like, um, like the um, what's the new one? Dungeon crawl. Right, so Dungeon Crawl is a new product. So yeah, new new things are being released. You know, different software uh, coming out all the time. So it's kind of cool. You know, I think uh, probably when you go to Coco Fest, people hold back till then to show stuff they're doing. Yeah, there might be some people working on projects that they're gonna. Yeah, yeah, they'll announce wraps. officially at the fest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right, so we beat this show to death. I think so. We spent 99 hours on our 99th episode, so I think it's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I always I just want to say how grateful I am for everybody who's been part of this experience because it's been fun. It's really been it's been amazing to me that we've continued this tradition for it's it's definitely become a tradition. Saturday Coco talks are a tradition that I hope don't end. You know, so good times. Wow. We just got a really interesting comment from somebody named John Smith. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna pass on that. Okay, we're not we're not we're not bringing this into the after dark realm. All right. So <laughs> on that note, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play the closing credits, and then we'll come back for parting thoughts. So get, get give yourself a minute or two to think about what you want to say to the rest of the world as we say goodnight. So I got to find my outro. Where the hell is the outro? Actually, before we do the outro, how about we play Make the Trek, a little teaser for Coco Fest, a little production by Dean <laughs> Bruce Moore, and then we'll play the outro, and then we'll come back for parting thoughts. The reading's growing stronger, Captain. Coming from a star system directly ahead. Coco Fest, make the trek to the place you belong, Illinois, hair and point, make the trek, Coco Fest. Coco Fest, May 4th and 5th. 2019 in Lombard, Illinois. Make the trek. Touch the heron. Fascinating. 
This concludes another episode of Coco Talk, the world's leading live talk show featuring the Tandy Color Computer. For all things Coco Talk, visit us on the web at cocotalk.live. We'd love to hear from you. Send feedback, suggestions, even segments via email to cocotalk at cocotalk.live. Consider supporting the show with a purchase of merchandise from our retro swag shop at 8bit256.com. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, click on the Patreon link on our site at cocotalk.live. Cocotalk would not exist without the community and its cast and crew. Thanks go to Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Mark Overholzer, Grant Leedy, Bruce Moore, Nick Morentes, Ron Delvaux, Rick Adams, Jason Reichert, Richard Lorbieski, Jim Brain, Karen Anscombe, Simon Jonason, and many, many more. Special thanks to Steve Bjork for production suggestions and to Brian Joyce, Ken Reichert, and Rob Inman for all of their bonus content and contributions, as well as Roger Taylor for getting us on the Coco TV channel on Roku. Please help support the Coco community by visiting some of its contributors. The Coco Crew Podcast at CocoCrew.org. Glenside Color Computer Club, host of Coco Fest at GlensideCCC.com. Jim Brain and Retro Innovations at Go, the number four, Retro.com. Tandy Assembly at TandyAssembly.com. Boyson Technologies at B-O-Y-S-O-N-Tech.com. Get your own switcheroo and wallaby cable at cocoman.biz. Cloud9 Technologies at cloud9tech.com. Coco Talk is hosted by Steve Strobridge. Co-hosts, technical directors, segment hosts, and producers, Curtis Boyle, David Ladd, Grant Leedy, Mark Overholzer, Ron Delvaux, and Jason Reichert. The Coco Talk theme song is copyright 2008 by D. Bruce Moore and Greg Sheeler. Mixed, mastered, and produced by D. Bruce Moore. does it feel i have no idea how does it feel <laughs> exciting yes yes mark bosley are you going to be at coco fest i don't remember i know i've asked you this question i don't remember the answer um don't know yet okay well it'd be good if you could make it if you could make that trek and so you know everybody who's talking about all the things they're buying on ebay there is nothing like that no minimum bid auction you know, not only are there cool things at hopefully good prices, but there's that whole real-time competitive, you know, cutthroat. <laughs> Got to beat the guy next to me. I hate there, there's, there's electricity in the room when you're bidding on some rare exclusive item, and Alan Huffman keeps one-upping you on it. So uh, <laughs> it's something else. So. You need it's to get uh, him some jolt cola in the corner some, or something so yeah, he's right. busy. 
<laughs> oh no! You need to give him like a. You need to give him a tranquilizer. Is what you need. You don't need. You don't need. You don't need Alan on caffeine. Don't encourage him. Is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah, tranquilizer dart ought to do it. Right, like one one big enough to take down a rhino might work. <laughs> I'm surprised he doesn't come on the show more often. Yeah, I don't know what his schedule's he, like. He does his yeah. cocoa in phases. He doesn't. He doesn't do it year round. And he's been like that. He's, he's, he's seasonal. Is he into other stuff or? Yeah, he's got the whole Renaissance Fair thing he's been into, and some other things too. So it. But he dresses up like a Renaissance guy, or. Yeah, he's Pirate. a minstrel and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, he puts on a blue suit with a big R on the chest. I am a Renaissance man. <laughs> he, he rides a horse with one of those spears. The jousting thing, yes. Wow. Yeah. Um. Yes, 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 yes. So we're, uh, yeah, I'm been, I've been really bad at trying to watch the live chat. There's just I, I think there's just too much of it. It's been really hard to stay up with the live chat, honestly. But for those of you who've been chatting, I hope your chats have been good, and hopefully we haven't neglected you too much, right? So, <clears throat> so the questions are: Are we going to have? <clears throat> what's the plan for next week? Right now, there isn't a plan, other than I will change the number ninety nine. To 100 on the screen and the date uh, Don't and the date. date well the date's real the, the date comes from my real-time clock by the way i'm oh. not bragging just saying <laughs> um <clears throat> but um i don't know if, if nothing else not that i want to encourage things but maybe if we all had a drink and we could toast at least you know champagne or something else not that i want to encourage you know drunken behavior but um you know i think we what should at least, stop this? We, we should we should raise a glass and toast you know the occasion if nothing else so but other than that right now i don't have anything specially planned i'm not going to have time to edit a a montage or commemorative best of episodes it's, it's so it's going to be whoever the hell shows up we're going to talk about whatever the hell we end up talking about um so uh, i would definitely like to invite maybe i'll do that i'll put a thing out on facebook just and trying to invite as many people on as possible to get uh kind of get yeah, the, if you do the invite like a full week early we'll hopefully get some more people to join in yeah yeah that'd be kind of cool but one thing that was kind of nice about tonight with the small panel we got through the whole how was your week in like 20 minutes you know <laughs> so it didn't take a whole long a whole lot of time sometimes we, we've had like 20 people on the panel and you get into what's new this week next thing you know an hour and a half has gone so, by so. the second hour <laughs> yeah. oh, for the anniversary episode we don't really have to do that we can make it yeah. a special do all the segments either so yeah 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 it'll be a free form show so yeah we'll see but could yeah, be a retrospective purely you know if you wanted it to be yeah yeah but be, i think the nature of this show is the real-time interactivity so i'd like to try to encourage as many of the alumni to attend as possible as well as maybe some new blood as well for just let's see if we can break the internet and get you know i think our limit with zoom is 100 people on a call I'm not sure how many when the screen's going to start to pixelate with with video feeds. <laughs> Let's see if we can see if, break Zoom. Right? Let's see so, if we can do it. Divide by, divide by zero, not a number. Yeah, yeah divide by zero error. That would be kind of cool. Uh, yeah, so maybe I'll get a bottle of champagne. We'll we'll break out the bubblies. We'll cheer. We'll toast, and then we'll talk cocoa. Um, I may not be able to make it because I have biology coming. Ah, yes, yes. But then again, maybe I'll. Just come on, pop on, and they can say hi. Yeah, it wouldn't be an episode without Ron. You know? <laughs> and besides, you get you get the name credit that way. It goes oh, on the internet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. 
Very, very cool. All right, thank you, everybody, in the live chat. I'm sorry I've been bad. I've been naughty. I haven't been reading it. It's just been, it's just too much. So, um, but we're glad you're here. We're going to press a button. Any parting thoughts, closing thoughts? Brian, the music man, Shubring, any parting thoughts, words of wisdom for the folks at home? Well, we've got at least five countries uh, going to be coming in, uh, including the U.S. We've got Belgium, Netherlands, Australia, the U.S., and uh, Canada. I, think that, I think that's five. Did you count Canada? Canada. Oh, and Canada. That's the other one. I'm sorry. It's late. Yeah. They don't really count as a country. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> of course like, they do. They're like Northern America. They're like yeah. America. They're like polite Americans that talk funny. So, uh, uh, yeah. I got the Athens all wrong up. How to pronounce things uh, <laughs> and how to spell at least, at least they spell color correctly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Australians then? Do you call Australia a country or is that just a big island? What's that? Big island. What do you reckon about Australia? Is that just. That's not a country. That's what. That's that yeah. <laughs> it's a, a penal really colony. We just act as all that stuff that's going on. One very, very interesting fact about Australia: if you overlay a map of Australia over the the lower forty-eight, it's almost exactly the same size. Yeah, people don't really? realize. Yeah, Australia and the USA are about the same size. Oh wow! Mm. Just shy. Use a just wish. Well, just under two million square kilometers smaller than what your country is. Hmm. How many? How many people in Australia? Twenty-five million. Twenty-five million. Twenty-five yeah. million. Wow. wow. Yeah, like one tenth. We're small. We yeah. have that we many people here in million. Arizona. <laughs> That's something. I mean, hmm. it just shows you how ignorant we are as Americans. We don't know anything. So, no. uh, <clears throat> all we and know we, is we, Vegemite, and uh, we like it that way. <laughs> yeah. And those animals with pockets. Yes. Yeah, but you yeah. bring up like, that topic in the Facebook group. What was going on there? Yeah, that was a good topic. What's that? Was that? A great topic. Quite a few comments on that one, you know. Which yeah, one that was that? A, the Vegemite? The Vegemite one. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought you would have commented and said, oh, that disgusting Vegemite was brought up in Facebook. That's not a topic for Kagos. Ah, no, no, no. I, I, I've got a jar right next to me. I got Brian Palmer sent me one. It's got my name on it. And I, isn't I, that, I, that, that, isn't that what Joyce. we used for, uh, to, uh, you know, use that brightness stuff on our computers? We put the Vegemite on there and it mm. makes it lighter. Oh, you're thinking of RetroBright. Oh, Retrobrite. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Vegemite. It's no, Retrobrite. No, so ve Vegemite is also known as axle grease. You've probably packed some of that into some bearings before. So. <laughs> yeah, who was it that had uh, buns or something that they were spreading it on? I, yeah, had, I, 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 I had some on toast, I think. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a jar of it. It's like, it kind of looks like peanut butter when you look at it, but it's dark and it's kind of bitter and salty. So It's like um, some oil. <clears throat> looks like some oil. It's delicious. It's absolutely yeah. delicious. The secret to Vegemite is you have a thin layer of it on toast and then pile on the on the butter. Make sure yeah, the, the, the butter melts right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you guys have mayonnaise there? Yeah, we do. Of course okay. we got mayonnaise. Would that be good on it with it? Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that's no, you, you ruin it. That's a clam. Yeah. So what so is it? Vegemite is, is based on a yeast, right? Some type of yeast extract or something like that? It, Vegetable extract, basically. Vegetable yeah, extract. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. It's very high in B group vitamins. Yeah. So, which means if you're drinking, it's probably good for you. Keeps good hangover it. remedy? Could yes, be. Yes, it can be. It can be yeah. a good remedy for a hangover. It's, it's a good remedy. 
packs of vitamins in it. Yeah, it's a good remedy. I thought that stuff was used to ward off snakes and uh, spiders. No, no it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's the UK version that's similar? Is it Malta or something like that? Marmite. Uh, marmite. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Marmite. Okay. I've never tried Pro-mite. I've never. The only mite I've ever tried is Vegemite. I've never tried Marmite or Pro-mite or any of those other mites. Hmm. You don't want to try it, David. It's disgusting. They're imitations of the Vegemite. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> My dog had some mites. Yeah. So I, think, I, think we've, I think we've got dust mites over here in the U.S. So. <laughs> and the occasional ve imported Vegemite. Yeah, right, right. And so Mark Mark B, Mark Bosley, as we're as our final thoughts here, are, are you somewhat new to being back in the cocoa community? Have you been around for a while? Um, I was out of it for a while. I mean, I had all the everything that I've had back in the '80s. I had it, you know, it just was stored stored in the closet, and I've only recently uh, brought it out. So, yeah, have oh, interacting yeah. interacting I, with you guys has brought had have me get back into it. I bought those. We have those in our store. Tim here. Tam, yes, Tim Tam, they are delicious. They are these yeah. are actually made in Australia. They just oh. started importing them recently. They are awesome. Yep. Dark mm, chocolate. Yep. This yep. is the caramel one. Ooh. I just ordered some more of those Australian red licorices that uh, Jason Riker turned me on to last year. It's oh, funny. Yeah. So a guy, a, a, if you eat too much uh, dark uh, black licorice, you can it'll kill you. Oh, really? Yeah. No, it just gives you the runs. <laughs> gives you the runs. I don't like black licorice anyways. It's too sour. It's a it's TV, a laxative. Get rid of it, I'll just All right, guys. Bye, Curtis. See you guys later. Yeah, Good night. Got to fly See also. Have a good night. episode. Yeah, yeah, we'll plan it. We'll plan it. We'll invite some people. All right. So we're going to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Episode 99's in the can. Vegemite, Marmonite, Dynomite. <laughs> you got it. We, we, we've done it. Coco Mike. Give me Mike. Mike. <laughs> Give me my. Give me my. All right, cool. We're hanging up. I'm pressing the button. All right, this is the sound of me hanging up. Three, two, one.